Hey guys, what's up? It's Mike with Mountain and Marsh. Hey, my wife and I recently started a business and that business is called Junk Clear LLC. My wife and I decided we were going to start a demolition and junk removal business. Now, this isn't your typical junk removal business. We will come get your couch, but I'll also tear down your fucking house, okay? Because I know how to do that shit. Um, we have the ability to do full residential cleanouts, real estate, foreclosures, pre-listings, rental properties, storage units. Uh, we can do it all like that. So we have the ability to do small stuff, big stuff, uh, large demos, bring in a bunch of dumpster cans and clear everything out of there for you. Um, we can do all that work, guys. We um, we also are working with another business, um, and we are going to be offering uh, remodeling and renovation and remediation services. So we'll be able to demo these properties and put them back together uh, for people. So just a little something uh, for everybody to know. We have a new business. We've been working our ass off on it. If you need any junk removed, if you need anything dem demoed, uh, Hit me up, let me know. Give me a shout at 410-258-1815 or go to junkclearpa.com or check us out on social media. Thanks, guys. The arsonist had oddly shaped feet. <laughs> ricola, ricola, ricola. All right, here with 3B. Hey. Here with Josh and Chris. Hello. And we're going to start out with some news, some stuff we've been doing recently, and then we're going to do a little fishing show for everybody because we're professionals. So Basically. obviously you need to learn from us. That's right. Um, I guess I'll just start out with turkey hunting. Uh, just do a little update. Turkey hunting has been rough uh, recently. Go ahead. Just just do it all like a Band-Aid. Just tear it off. Here we go. But uh, turkey hunting has been rough. Uh, because I've been so busy this year uh, with the new business and everything, and well, I haven't had as much time doing it as I normally would take, but um, I missed my first turkey two weeks ago. Um, and it was, I don't shoot Jake's, but it was, it was a Jake. It was just, he never answered me again. And I thought he was going to come from one direction and he circled me. And when I looked to my left, he was just looking at me coming out of strut and I'm like, fuck. And he was not even 10 yards. So I threw the gun. He jumped down over a hill. And when he did, I shot feathers off his back. And that's, <laughs> that's all I got out of him. But, um, and then actually where we're, we're recording the 12th, uh, me and my buddy Matt went out to Green Ridge, uh, today, uh, this morning. And then we hit Catoctin on the way back and did like a one hour run and gun real quick, do some call and see what we could get on. We got on one bird this morning right off the bat. As soon as he come off the roost, he shut up. We cut the distance, he shut up, and that was it. He must have been with some hens or something because he disappeared. And that's about the extent of turkey hunting this year. It's been uh, it's been a grind. I've talked about it a bunch, but I haven't done it. Yeah, me either. I've never I've never actually been turkey hunting. They're on our property that we talk about that we should go, but in fact, I haven't seen. Where I live, not on our property, but like the the property that I live on. Typically, I see a a big a big group of turkeys every spring, but I actually they haven't been around this year. 
Yeah, um, it's uh, they move around a lot, but you're you're near like a- Avondale property down there, and there's that's where I shot my first bird, like almost a twelve inch beard bird. But that was before it was Avondale. But right. anyway, uh, that area is known to have some birds. Um, but yeah, it's uh, turkey hunting is my favorite hunting. I like I love duck hunting. I love deer hunting. Don't get me wrong. It's just that like when turkey when I'm turkey hunting and I'm like running gun. They call it poor man's elk hunting for a reason. You're like, I might walk a mile and a half, not even set up, just get into a spot where I can call down over a ridge, walk another mile, walk another three quarters of a mile, get where I can call up another ridge, call call again. Like, And you never know. It's one of those things. Like, You just yeah. never know when one's going to hammer off. And that's how we've killed. Like this morning we were on the mountains. It's a lot different than hunting farmland. But I love hunting the mountains because it's a lot more of a challenge. And so for me, that's, I just like the challenge. That's why if I'm not killing birds, it doesn't bother me that much because I'm just having fun right. fucking going after them. And do you do the fall or the winter seasons at all? If I, so uh, in Maryland, fall and winter are only in like Allegheny Garrett, Washington counties. And we normally don't go out there for it because it's during deer season. If it was in Carroll County and I was, I would definitely shoot one if I saw them, but no, we don't, we don't go after that real hard. That's something we've never, I've said this before on the, on the show, but like when I was a kid, there wasn't turkeys where we live. Yeah. So I get like so pumped. You got a funny story about seeing them for the first time. Didn't they like scratch up a bunch of like around a feeder or some corn pile? Dad tells this story. Not me. Dad says it's you. Let's pretend it's you. Okay. You pretend it's me. Sure. It was me. They put some what corn happened? out and we're on the one farm we had. May or may not have been Josh calls my dad and says, something's eating all this corn that we put out for the deer. We got turkeys around here. And our dad goes, no, there's not turkeys around here. And then. Oh, yeah. That was on the Coon Club farm. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. That was. God, you're talking 25 years ago. Yeah. Back when there was legit, like where yeah. we lived, oh, there yeah. was not, yeah, there yeah, wasn't yeah. turkeys. And there was, it was down in the bottom close to the creek. And I was like, what are all these scratch marks down here? And then, you know, you start seeing their tracks, those arrow-shaped tracks. And I'm like, dad, what is this? And he's like, are there keys down here? Yeah. No, he's like, Josh, those are turkey tracks. And I was like, get out of town. Like, and then not two weeks later, here they come strutting on our neighbor's property on the other side of the creek. Here they were just strutting down the hill and never came across. I would have popped one. I didn't give a fuck back then. I would have shot one. But back then. I mean, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. Now, like tur- chasing turkeys is, um, I don't know if it was because I killed my like a really big bird, my first one at eleven, and it was like a a really cool experience. But just chasing after, not having to sit in a stand and be like, "Fuck that buck's over there, fifty yards away in that thicket." I'm not going to get a shot. Like you can just chase them. Okay, so that was that was going to be my question. Was so you're hiking these mountains, whatever. If you hear one gobble a mile away, are you chasing after it, or are you trying to call that? call them into you um the first move is to figure out if the terrain makes sense between you and that bird to cut the distance if you can cut the distance you always want to cut the distance because it it just helps the situation yeah. the, the the least amount of distance you have to pull that bird the better for you because there's less factors that can go wrong in between um and then all because a turkey sometimes might get hung up on a big gutter or something that you never even realized was there until you walk out there and be like, fuck. Oh, okay. So like there's sometimes there's things like that. But um 
like this morning, we heard a bird probably 400 yards-ish. We put about 150 yards in, and then we knew the way that the roost trees were set, that we were going to get busted if we tried to push. So we just sat, and then he shut up, and that was it. But And that's that's another, that's another reason I love it so much is they might call at you off the roost and be with hens, and you'll never know it unless you're close enough to hear the hens. And then you think he's hammered up, and he's 30 minutes straight every time you touch the call, you do a crow call, an owl hoot, he, he cuts you off because he's so worked up. But then when he hits the ground, he shuts up because he starts strutting and there's hens with him feeding yeah. and he's getting that ass. He's not worried about you. What he's doing is telling you, hey, hey, we're over here because he wants you to come be in his brood so he can get your ass. Right. But there, you know, there's so many different factors. This time a year later in the season, um, it's been getting warm earlier, global warming. And oceans are rising. So so now we we're in a scenario where season comes in. A lot of these birds have already bred. If they're with two or three hens, they may have already bred them. Uh, like my neighbor, just when you guys were pulling, I was talking to him. He was mowing this morning at the family farm and almost mowed tall grass, almost mowed over a hen on a nest. There was already a hen laying on a nest mm. and there's still birds trying yeah, to mate right now. That's early too. Yeah. These, the weather is forcing these birds into mating season a month earlier than 10 years ago. Would have. Right. And the seasons have never caught up. So it's like Jurassic park, man. Scary. Yeah. They're like the first time I remember seeing them walking through the woods. I'm like, look at these dinosaur tracks. Cause you don't, I mean, obviously everything in the woods looks bigger. But like, that's why I pee there. Yeah, that's why I pee as many times. Well, <laughs> the first time you see one or a group of them coming through, man, they just look like these prehistoric T Rex. Yeah, yeah. When they, I don't. Well, you guys may have never felt it then because you guys haven't hunted them. But when they when they gobble close, you like feel it in your chest. Oh yeah. But when they strut and they spit and drum, it is like we had grouse doing it in a clear cut this morning, and my buddy Matt. He's new to turkey hunting, and he's like, dude, is that a turkey? And I was like, no, dude. If that's a turkey, he'd be right there. And I'm sure we didn't. We never jumped the grouse, but I was like, there is a – because grouse strut too. Yeah. And I was like, there's a grouse strutting in here and spitting somewhere. And we had walked We walked around him, and he, he drummed maybe three times total. But like if a turkey drums at 35, 40 yards, and you're sitting on the ground, you will actually feel like – Oh, yeah. You'll vibrate. And it's just, that's like, ugh, like it, never, it gets you cold chills. I've never like, heard that. I've heard them gobble. I've heard them raise hell. And it's you know, typical old adage. When we're deer hunting, we see tons of turkeys. We've goose hunted on that farm. We were out for the pheasant hunt and stuff like that. And they've crossed us. Or even a couple of times we were pheasant hunting out there. They were yeah. they were out there. And how big was that one group? 30, 40? Yeah. It was, big. I mean, just a monster single file going across that top field we were yeah. parked on the bottom where we cooked out yeah just going across the top of the field just a single line and yeah it's cool to me that the population has got gotten to where it has because it's i got to grow up from the beginning of the growth of the population i got to kind of grow through it and then we peaked and now they're starting to feel struggle because the coyote populations have picked up yep. and then not only that but also overdevelopment development destroys turkey population ag 
actually destroys it because if there are not overrun CR, you guys, your guys' dad's property is like a one for fucking nesting grounds. If, if a turkey cannot get in tall grasses and make a nest and hide from predators, then it can, it just, it can't lay a nest successfully because the predators will just immediately find it. So ag land, like bulk ag land where mm-hmm. farmers only have hedgerows and fields, that doesn't really help I've, out either. I've said for years, I'm going to put a trail camera up just for like coyotes, foxes, turkey, stuff like that, just to watch that. Not really even fur. Might turn into hunting stuff, but I just want to see what's out there. Put it yeah. up on top of that hill. Or I was thinking about cutting a path through some of the grass up there and just putting it on a fence post and just seeing what kind of comes through there. Put a giant pile of corn out, see what happens. Oh, trip, sorry. What happens? I mean, if you're not hunting them, you can feed them. Sure. Yeah, there's a lot of guys local who also sit, will sit in a ground blind with the same exact decoys every Saturday morning. They'll sit in that same ground blind. And they'll just call for an hour and a half, two hours, never hear anything. No luck this morning and leave. Yeah. Um, that's not, it's not for me. I like being, that's another reason that I like going to the mountains. I like being able to, if I, around here, if you're on Agland, you hear one way over there. Not only is he on the neighbor's property or the next neighbor's property, there might be two other hunters calling in between you and that bird. When you're on that mountain and you're like a mile in, yeah, it's you and that bird Unless there's one other sorry fucker who walked all the way yeah. back in there, too. I remember goose hunting one year. You weren't there. It was me and the guy that actually started 3B with us. He was actually a big turkey hunter, but we were goose hunting. It was like late January, and a big flock had cut across from us in our decoys. Not close enough for us to shoot, but it was cool to see. And the road that was behind us, it's like a half mile, quarter mile. There was a fire truck going down the road. And as the fire truck is echoing off the hills and stuff, they're They were shot goblin, yeah. And it was cool, man. It was that was a pretty cool experience. Uh, when I first started turkey hunting, I didn't realize this was a thing, but like you could just lean in your pickup. If you want, like at nighttime, if you were at a road, you a lot of people will call on a slate call at nighttime to locate birds. Just find them on the roost, right? And yeah. I, I don't, I'm not, that's not me because I don't like, tr- like those birds getting a little educated to where mm. the call is coming from. That's the road. They hear the truck leave 15 minutes later. So, like, you can just lean in the truck, hit the horn, and hear them shot gobble and be like, all right, tomorrow morning we need to be there. Like, just doing that can make them shot gobble uh, or owl hooting. And a lot of people owl hoot and crow call and stuff, but it's a ton of fun. Yeah, it's something I'd like like to get into. Just don't for some reason. It's a lot of work. I mean, if you're you're hunting, like, public land – like we put on miles today. I don't know how many miles we walked, but have you ever bumped into anybody else? Maybe out there? four, but um, yeah, yeah. I, I we were in Catoctin two weekends ago, and when we finally heard a bird gobble at ten fifteen, we had to leave by eleven. We were about twenty minutes from the truck, and we're up on this ridge, and I'm like, dude, he's across the road over there. He has to cross this fucking road. And I'm like, I don't think he's going to even come over here. But I'm like, all right, let's just set up and we'll sit down here and I'll call. And I hit the call. He never answers. I hit the call. He never answers. And I'm like, well, he might be on his way because sometimes they just won't even talk. They'll just come. Mm-hmm. So I, I just come. <laughs> no talking. And and I'm like hitting the call like lightly every once in a while. And I hear something coming behind. Like, choo, choo, choo. 
And I'm like, oh, fuck, there's something right here. Like, by Peter, I can tell it's two feet. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And I, I like, lay down and I turn, because the guy in front of me, Matt, has the gun. He's looking down toward where the turkey gobbled. And I'm, like, roll over and look. And there's a guy in a navy blue shirt jogging. I'm like, <laughs> fuck, fucking public land. I'm like, God damn it. How you doing there, sailor? As soon as he saw us, he was like, shit. Took see, off down See any turkeys today? Just you, dickhead. <laughs> you jive-ass turkey. <laughs> but yeah, that's about it. Why don't we uh, we talk a little bit about the dinner, because you guys haven't been there since then. I think yeah. I made it, I might have did a shout-out for it, but that I was about so, it. Yeah. Uh, what was that, like a month or two ago? Yeah, it we was had a our little over a month ago. 3B, it's our first one that we had a 3B dinner at our dad's church. It was pretty good. 60, 50, 60 people came and yep. good food, a lot of laughs, did a bunch of games and giveaways and something we'd like to try again. I don't know what that beaver was that Garrett brought, but I like eating beaver. It was delicious. Dude, I asked him, I said, "Is did you put a hock of beef fat in that? And he said, no, that's beaver fat. And I was like, yeah. dude, I would eat that. Every week. Like, that's, 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 that's good. It's really good. He's brought that to work a couple of times. We worked together. And just, I mean, you would just think it was the yeah. best pot roast. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's better than most beef pot roast uh, I've had. It's yeah. just out of this world. I'm trying not to, like, associate it with, I later on that week, for re reasons I won't say on the air, you know who you are, gave me a stomach bug. So I'm trying not to associate that feeling. That was me. Sorry. It wasn't. I was not referring to you, actually. Okay, well. No, it was it was probably the same personal reason my kids had to go to the ER because they Who they were so it? sick. Huh? Who was it? <laughs> Just people. There's people we'll okay. talk about later. Okay. Yeah. And uh I'm kidding, we didn't go to the ER best. <laughs> yeah, well okay, okay good. But no. I'm trying not to associate that mentally because that was one of the last things I ate. Yeah. And I was shitting my brains out and puking into a pitcher. Yeah. The next couple days, I did watch WrestleMania though while I was doing that. So that was yeah, that was me the very next day, and that's what I was real scared that it was something <laughs> that we ate. Yeah, that we ate. <laughs> oh, it's gonna want to come back to like, our dinner. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was a good time, man. I'd like to do it again. We've talked about doing like a end of summer. No, dude, we got you. Got to do it again. Like that was fucking cool. Yeah, yeah right before season kicks off, like a Labor like, right Day before, one. Uh, going to the next thing we'll talk about, but like the guys from the Maybury Gun Club, the local gun club where we live, they said we could do like an outside corn roast barbecue outside, just fun fest. So we could shoot there if you want to shoot clay birds or oh, that'd be awesome. trap and skeet shoot while we're there, do some more games. It's hard though because like selfishly, I, I thought that was like a really good group of people that was there and it was really fun. So you have to like make that decision. Do I want it to be like grow bigger or do I want to keep it like this little club? I think the club feels cool. Like for for I mean, it's not like we're all trying to network to get like right. huge. We're just hanging out. Like yeah. and I think like the corn roast because of the venue could be bigger. Yeah. And maybe like that will attract that will attract more people and then more people will become part of that right. cohesive group, but but that's probably what we're going to do, something like that. And I'd like to keep doing this every year. We'll do an indoor one in February, March, end of season, just laughing and hanging out. And then we'll do a summer one. And then, you know, me and a lot of the guys, we all get together. Josh comes over anyways. And we, our wives are all friends and we all hang out and cook out and do like taco parties and stuff. But maybe, maybe for the kick, for the season kickoff, maybe we should do like some buy-in bets. For like biggest we, buck of the year, we used, or like, to, we used to do that. We used to just let's throw twenty dollars in, 
who gets the biggest buck wins. And let's then do was, smallest buck of the year because Garrett will get the biggest one, so he's going to win. But let's do smallest. Okay. Okay. Oh, Listen, I, I will. I'm going to start. I will start yeah. road hunting to find a spike. <laughs> <laughs> I'll shoot a fucking button bug. Does, in I was going to say, does a button bug count? Cut, cut, <laughs> cut the hair off the top. <laughs> we we did used to do that, and then just like anything, there's always some sourpuss that. Well, I didn't know about this, or I didn't know about this, or you know, some dude. It's I guess you can't fault it. And I, I never got upset because I'm just having fun. But some dude that has like a private tree farm who shoots the heaviest merganser. That's a. That'd be a I did one. think about. I thought I, about doing. I got that, that locked up because I'm going to shoot twenty next year. <laughs> well, I thought about doing that, and then I thought about like leading into when we do the fall one, we could do prizes for like who killed the coolest species of duck or who got a hybrid and didn't take it home and mounted it. Stuff like that. <laughs> Had you to know. throw that that lead in. Every, huh? every couple of weeks, I send him that picture. But like, or, wait, is it? Is it I think it's the same guy that asked me to take him merganser hunting next year at my honey hole. It could be. But he won't come do podcasts. Is it that guy? It could be. Okay. It could be that guy. <laughs> Lee, you're not here again. I'm just going to say your name, Lee. L-E-E, Lee. Which I didn't know that. I'm going to put this out there. Lee, I'm sorry. I'm just sure. We love you so much. I didn't know that that was not his first name until like two years ago. We've been friends for like fucking 12 years. That's not his first name? Nope. Okay. I've been friends with him for like five years. What's his first name? <laughs> Wait, what's his first name? Wade. Oh, Wade. Oh, you know what? I did know that. Yeah. Someone said, Wade, come here. And he starts walking. I'm like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> I only have one complaint about the entire night. Okay. And there was a guy who was probably the most famous guy there. And, yep. and fa yep. fame, is, fame isn't like a... Yep. I'm using that loosely. I gotcha. The most famous guy there who That's, may have been Googling every single And he still got some wrong. And gave it to the kid that was sitting across from him so that kid would get a bunch right. And he did He did get some wrong. But um, a certain Alan and not the younger one who was sitting across from me because my family's like this, was like... <laughs> He's cheating. Like in front of everybody. You're in church and he's cheating over there. People got really people also, I made a joke there because we had we had all this wild game meat and people brought stuff and there was beaver there, there was duck there, uh tons of deer meat, um, elk, elk meat, there was stuff like that there. And also we there was kids there, so we made a like a shit whack of hot dogs. And I made a joke at the beginning of it that I'm watching whoever takes hot dogs, I'm gonna make funny and call you a pussy. I, I like hot dogs. I'm, I ate hot dogs. And people were like really like offended. And like they didn't yeah. eat hot dogs. Yeah. I did. I ate like 14. <laughs> I, I, I could have contributed to the stomach virus. I think I may, I may have eaten one or something, but I <laughs> if I didn't, it was it was not that. It was only because Listen. I ate so much of the deer barbecue that your mom made. Yeah, and he loved it. The fucking beaver that I was like, <laughs> God damn it. Like I was fucking That's full. Okay, so like a like a little life hack from our childhood is hot dogs and that beef barbecue together. Yeah, he likes that with mustard. Uh, oh yeah, you put mustard that beef barbecue. Dude, that with the peppers in it, that was nuts. I oh, was like, man, was I, that is so good. Yeah, my mom, and it's funny because everyone loves it, and it was like a th like I don't want to say a throwaway meal, but it was like here's a quick meal. Wait, was it beef? No, that was deer. Uh, no, like when we were kids, that, she was. She it. didn't start eating deer until like ten or twelve years ago. Yeah, yeah. So my like, mom never. But did. she, when we were kids, she would always do beef, and that was like a throwaway. Let's just chop up some pickles. It's like most. That's people what make, it was. It was the pickles, and yeah. I was like, "What is that?" I tell people you, make so like spaghetti good. as like a trash meal. Like this is my quick meal, whatever. Yeah, like yeah. that. That was one of ours. Was that barbecue? And like it got to a point for a little while where I was like, I don't want to eat this what's, anymore. What's in it? 
I know it's pickles, it's, and then uh, like, is it beef, sauce? Nope. It's beef, ketchup, pickle juice, pickles. I don't know how much my mom puts in. My wife makes it, and she puts a, like a, a spoon of brown sugar in it and mixes yeah. it up. That mm. kind of gives that barbecue taste. That's why we call it barbecue. It's more like what people call like a loose meat. Like a sloppy, yeah. sloppy yeah. joe. It's like, yeah, it's like a sloppy joe. Um, I'll tell you what we love to do with it, though. We eat it with like tortilla chips. Mm-hmm. And just make a shit whack of that, and just oh hell yeah, just go yeah, to yeah. Town if you off. make it with yeah, that, it's actually usable as a condiment, a dip, and right. a meal. Yeah, right. seriously, if you mix queso cheese with it, phenomenal. queso cheese, or you got kids, macaroni and cheese, mix yeah. it all together. Barbecue bingo. Yeah, man, that that stuff was. I told her I was like, this stuff's awesome. Well, I might get in trouble because. It's not really like a secret recipe, but it's like family, like don't do this or whatever. Like yeah. my wife had to like pry it out of my mom's hands. Yeah. And I don't make it good and I cook a lot of stuff okay. And there's a couple of things that my mom makes that I can't make. I can't make her like a milk, like country gravy, like yeah. a white, mm-hmm. like sawmill type. I can't do that like she does. And I can't make the barbecue like my mom does. But uh, yeah, we had, it was a good time, man. It was a good turnout. I, I was actually really surprised that guy came and he brought a bushel of oysters for everybody. Yeah, and was shucking oysters and yeah, I didn't even eat any of those. I just ate the other stuff and was so full. I was like, I'm not eating. Yeah, it was a fun time. I like the giveaways and stuff. I mean, we got a bunch of cool stickers. I got a bunch of your cool stickers. Yeah, stickers. I got a lot of compliments about your stickers. A lot. Of, they were all gone. Yeah, they I were. Because yeah. the a they're fucking hilarious. Yeah, I mean, well, that's another thing. As I told him, I was like, I don't know if I at a church should I put these out. Yeah, Th- that's who I am. So yeah. if I'm putting these out, a church, he puts out all like his... my uncle Alan's like, I saw your stickers up there. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he puts out these <laughs> stickers underneath a picture Red of the heads. crucifixion that Red, says "Redheads do them dirty." Not even that. He had his kill beer dr- or drink. What did it say? Drink, drink beer, beer, kill shit, kill shit. And I'm like, he's like, maybe I'm gonna hold on to these. <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't put those. Sorry. But it was a good time. We're, we'll do it again. And, uh, you know, I've said it a thousand times. You know, that's what we're all about, is just hanging out like that and just having a good time and laughing. And um, gave a couple away your koozies and your your knife. You brought a knife you gave away. Yeah. Um, did you get a taxidermy gift card? Yeah, it's hanging up right there. Right there mm-hmm. on the fridge. Yeah, that's when, that's for when I go back in and get my wood duck. I'm, I'm so excited. So funny, I uh, killed wood ducks when I was younger, and we never even fucking cared. Yeah. And then everybody was like, dude, wood ducks are my favorite. Wood ducks. And now I got this fat fucking wood duck this year on the monoxide. I was like, all right, I'm getting them out of here. <laughs> nice. Yeah, they're, I've said it before much, too. They're my favorite. They're That's, just cool. Uh, they come in. They come in so fast. and Yes, yeah, so fast. Yeah, I'll drink it. I just said I'm going to quit drinking, but fuck it, I'll drink a beer. They're my favorite. Well, you, you know? can quit drinking, okay, quote listen, unquote, gonna, and have a beer. I'm going to have a Coors Light. You can, you can quit that, but keep sipping Silver Bullet. They're good. Yeah, it's not like you're drinking a bunch of Jim Beam. <laughs> <laughs> or Bud Light. Hmm. Josh. Ha! Gay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is a family show. Celebrating. It's a fucking family show. <laughs> Next thing that we're doing is... Uh, we do it every year. Mike's going to come with us. Josh, you're always welcome to come, but you're usually real, pretty busy. But uh, we're going to go teach the YHEC kids at the gun club, the youth hunting education challenge through the NRA. Do some duck hunting stuff. We do some duck hunting stuff. I think, depending on the time, I and i got to figure out what exactly we're going to do. Because they do a lot of like bird identification and animal identification. It's part of their their course and stuff like that. And they actually go to like trials. They go up to like the sports show and there's like – 
I don't know what you'd would call that, but there's like competition type things. Where well, they, they do like the shoots and the yeah, calling. Or yeah. Things. And they brought a cool thing to the dinner where they had a table where you could identify animals. My kids got some really cool prizes from, from that. Um, so we do that. Yeah, that was cool. They said that shit. Yeah, up. that was cool with the skulls yeah. and the capes and the, yeah, and was, the feathers. So and that's stuff. what that's that was, what they do. And they go places, and these kids can identify like a track or a feather or a skull of something. So we do a lot of kind of like probably how we grew up, where like our families deer hunted or turkey hunted, but they didn't really duck hunt. That's how all these kids are. Most mm-hmm. of their, their families don't, or they went to like a guide at one time. Most people around us don't. Like yeah. They went to like a guide and, and it's, I've said this before too, a lot of these cu- people think, and I did too, that it's, it's like expensive and it's like golf and you got to know somebody and you got to go out here. You don't realize you can, there's so many local places you can just go. So we teach that, but I think it'd be cool if you did some of your like DIY stuff, like you've done with your kayak and. and yeah, obviously it's like, I could bring my kayak. I don't know if, and I don't want to get into on the podcast, getting stipulation, but yeah. like, I don't, I don't know if it would be, cause if they had to stay in the. Yeah, in the classroom or something. Yeah. We'll have to. It's a pretty anyway, big. I mean, something. you've been there. It's a it's an okay room. We, we usually. Oh, I spent a lot of time there. Yeah. So I'll, I'll have to where figure out where's this at at the Mayberry Gun Club. Oh, okay. Hold on. Back there, we feel like you're gonna get murdered back yeah. there I, through the woods. I was I was the kids they kicked out ten years ago. Uh, I guess who's back, motherfuckers? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, new management doesn't know. Me. Uh, but we usually take uh, a couple of dogs with us and they have the pond there that we will go out for a couple minutes and we'll throw some bumpers out and get the dogs running around and. Um, it's a good time. It's hard to believe that we, this is our third year doing it. So that's mind blowing that we've been doing it for. So you're talking about like teaching the kids, like identifying, identifying like different species of birds. Yeah. So like actually online through the U S department of fish and wildlife, there's a free book. You can get it on Amazon. And, uh, when this comes out, I'll post a link to it, but I just went and copied and pasted all of it and I made a PowerPoint of it and it shows it's a bunch of cool stuff. It's from the sixties and it's got a lot of really cool hand drawn stuff. But also shows like this is what they look like. This is what they look like in the sky. That's that's my big thing is people need to learn how to identify them in flight. This is how a flock of black ducks looks coming or in. Or like the colors that you see under their wings yeah. or like when you see yeah. just the speckles on their belly, like being able to identify now, remember, this is a, remember when this we were a black kids, duck, not a mallard. Right. Remember when we were kids, dad had this real big NRA book. Oh, yeah. It's the same thing. They have that where they have a book with all this identification and it shows a bunch of that stuff. So they're real into it. We'll do some prizes and some giveaways. We usually laugh with them. We usually take a bunch of stickers. I had some weird kid's mom give me like a proposition. She's like, I will pay you to take these kids hunting. And I'm like, I'm not a prostitute. I don't. What do you say to that? Well, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I get it. Yeah. You know, like you don't have to like just. Well, I mean, like the kid, you guys know the story, but like the kid this year when Dylan and I were out early right. season and the the kid, we had watched this grebe 30 yards from the decoys all morning. And then an hour after this kid in an orange vest and tan pants with no waders tried to jump shoot our decoys yeah. and we cut him off. An hour later, he circles back around and shoots his grebe off the water and wings it so it's still alive, but it, it's going to die. And we're like, Dude, like you, we told him when he got to us the first time, if you're waterfowl hunting, man, you need, you need a way to get, get the birds. Right. And here you at least need a kayak because obviously you're not going to walk the fuck out there in eight feet of water and get a bird. Right. And then also you can't be in orange. They can see color. Birds can see color. You are in like hiking style hunting boots, like nothing about tan pants. Nothing about yeah. this is right. You're upland hunting 
for ducks yeah. with an over-under shotgun slash like 22. We heard him shooting at squirrels at one point. And this kid's just like, I, I'm sorry, I don't really know what I'm doing. And then an hour later, he shoots a grieve. And, we're, and he's like, I think I just shot a hen mallard because you guys helped me. And it's like, actually, no, because the boat ramp's right there. And I'm not going to even be associated with this situation yeah Yeah. so it's it's just it's so like these kids need help but it's like some of these kids their families don't hunt at all they don't do it and even when we started we didn't know we knew like the basic ducks yeah and we'd gone out and we were lucky to have friends like Lee, as much as we tease him, that took me out and, and, and took me under his wing. Oh, play on words for duck hunting. Hey, well, but like showed us the ropes and we, you know, we started getting the bug for it. And then when we started going out to this big water, there was stuff that I didn't know what the fuck it was. Yeah. So the like, first time I saw like an actual like common mergans are flying, it looks like a goddamn pterodactyl. Yeah. And they fly okay, well, okay. 50 Let's miles an hour. The merganser here fuck. for a second. The first year we hunted at Cadoras, we had a merganser literally 15 feet. From our blind, me, Chris, Goldhammer. You said it was a loon. Yeah, we had no idea what yeah. the fuck it was. I mean, we, like I said, we're all we were all new at this. We had no idea what it was. This thing was just swimming around back and forth around us. I get cold, and everybody makes fun of me for it. I'll get up and take a walk. We were on Round Island. I literally walked all the way around the island. I got from me to you away from this thing. It's just in the water without They're a care in the world. Fuck. And I like, think somebody had winged it. Looking back, somebody had another yeah. blind like, had winged probably, it. But like, I didn't know that. Yeah. So like, okay, okay, let's go back to like this people not knowing stuff. I was invited to go duck hunting the first time. I mean, what was it four or five years ago now? And I didn't know. I couldn't identify, you know, a, a fucking species of duck to save my life. I can right. now, but I couldn't then. So the first group of ducks that we ever got into, luckily for me, I mean, it's one of those godsend things. You talk about shooting that big turkey as your first one. We got into a group of canvasbacks. I, could, I mean, it was the first thing. We shoot these ducks. They're falling out of the sky, right? Me and Goldhammer go get on the boat. We start picking them up, and he's pumped up. He's like, man, would you, we, just, we just got the king ducks. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm excited because I, I killed a duck. I remember pulling the trigger at the one I aimed at fell out. We're going to get to eat these bitches. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, no, dude, like, you don't understand. Like, this is the one that people are after that yeah. people don't get the to people kill. people don't and I'm go like, around I, here. Yeah. People from the Midwest travel all the way to Chesapeake Bay with their own guns in a truck, yeah. in a pickup truck, to try to right. kill a canvas bag. Right. And now that I know what they are and, like, I yeah. they, like that's what I should be after, like, I haven't seen one that's since. like, I always <laughs> compare it to, like, killing, like, a six-by-six, six, like, royal bull elk for your first animal and then just saying, hey, I just want to go kill, like, a four-point Right. farm buck you know but i didn't know like you see him coming in and it still happens it'll catch your eye i mean a group of comer a cormorant's comrades comes in oh yeah you know a couple a, commies comes yeah flying around many, you're like, many yeah. other many other various <laughs> names of them that's a, that's a merganser <laughs> yeah. i think i remember cutting on them on on public land in the patapsco river because they, they just cut in no 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 <laughs> shit <laughs> yeah i didn't kill any of them well going back to like it i take it for granted that i one, I grew up in a family that deer and turkey hunted. We we always were in the mountains, so we understood bears, and we had family that bear hunted. And but, and I'm not a bear hunter; I don't like to eat bear. But like with ducks, when I got into ducks, I got into my in my mid teens, and we I had friends who were like, "Dude, we're just gonna go to this farm pond, and we're gonna or we're this field." That I permission on, we're gonna lay in this layout blind. You gotta buy this two hundred dollar layout blind. We're gonna cover it in mud. Then we're gonna take, we're gonna dry, we're gonna brush it off, we're gonna take it out there, we're gonna cover it in corn stalks. And then we're gonna lay in it 
and we're going to put out 150 fucking decoys, huh. and then we're going to shoot four fucking geese. And it was like, but that was so fun to me. Like a yeah. goose in my yeah. face, like shooting it right oh, yeah. there. It was yeah. like, fuck yeah. And then as I, we were on a farm pond and my, this bird comes whipping in and my buddy shoots it and he's like, dude, that's a nice one. And he goes out and gets it. It's a hoodie. It's a hoodie. And I'm like, what the fuck is that thing? But I did that at age 15 yeah. and, and, and I had all this hunting experience. So now at age 30, I've hunted all over and like, I, I know all these things. Yeah. So for me, I take it for granted because there are even 30-year-old people the same age as me who don't even know what they're looking at when they look at waterfowl. Yeah, that was me. That and was at me. age yeah. 21, I knew pretty much everything. Yeah, like when that's waterfowl hunting. I mean, that's how we were. So now, like, I mean, we're in this this giant information age where everything's at the at the tip of your fingers all the time now. So, I mean, just for the past four years, oh, thank you, buddy. Uh, for like the past four or five years, I mean, that's what we, that's, that's what I do is I study them now and I, yeah. you know, try to figure out how to identify yeah. them. So like, he's talking about teaching these kids and I'm like, I want to come too. Yeah, I want to learn. It's awesome. Well, you don't catch the nuances unless you're in the field. But other than that, you can kind of get right. the gist of pretty much everything. Now we have, when you see a group of teal for the first time, like when you see a group of 150, 200 teal. You know they're teal when they're fucking buzzing hard yeah, on top of the swamp. Yeah, like, but they fly like sparrows. I mean, yeah, they, like I mean, dipping in starlings. Shit. Like they're all in a huge group and they'll they'll turn on a dime. And yeah. That's it's, pretty cool. It's cool because a lot of these kids, and not making fun of them, grew up like we did where they're either like full bore redneck and they got their truck or their, their passed down truck and it's got the stickers on it, you know, and all that stuff. But they've done a couple deer hunts or they've done a couple rabbit hunts and uh, stuff like that, but they've never done the other stuff. And they're, they, they, they just want to experience more of that life. And it's, it's just a cool thing. We didn't do it last year just because of time. Um, but the year before that we went out and taught them and then we gave, Whoever did the best in their class, we did four youth hunts with them. Right. I took them out on youth day, and I was actually with this kid um, who killed his first duck, 12 years old, and just smashed this freaking just stud mallard. Mm -hmm. I mean, came in like it was on a string. And uh, Did it come in like a wrecking ball? I came in like a wrecking yeah. ball. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I couldn't resist. It's only about the journey. That's what life's about. What's that meme that she does now? You've seen that? What meme? It was like a thing of her talking and she's like, it's on. No. Because I actually hate her. Well, I don't like her either, but it's just, you're the TikTok guy. I think she's hot, but. Ew. Nah. Tana Montana, you're gross. Yeah. Guess what? She's almost, she's my age. It's Billy Cyrus's. Billy Ray Cyrus's. That's weird. Okay. Well, guess what? She can. Ride my achy breaky heart. God, what is wrong with you? <laughs> oh, man. We going to talk about fishing? We can. I mean, one of them light hairs. Yeah, I need that. I need my, oh, yeah. I need my, my fuego back. Yeah, we're having a having a backwoods party here. Backwoods? Man, I got some last weekend. We're, we were down at Shingatika for the Seafood Festival. Oh, how was that? Oh, my God. Why? This we were set up right beside the state. So there's vendors everywhere, all over this entire area. And you can it's probably like two hundred yards long by a hundred yards or eighty yards wide. And then there's just people in tents with chairs, grills, radios, beer, coolers full of fucking ice cold beer. Everybody's packed to the gills and we're all drinking beer. And then the band starts up. By the time we left, they were playing uh 
hot in here by Nelly. There were like 80 year old women up there taking their clothes off. Yeah, nice. But it but it was it was fucking we were set up by the, the steam fans. Not dude. the only thing that smells like fish. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it was it was like the food was fucking what's your fantastic. what's your favorite seafood? Oysters. Raw, cooked. Coral. Can't do oysters. I love shrimp. I like fried Sh- stuff. Shrimps are my second. I, I do love See, I'm a I'm a shrimp guy through and through. I like snow crabs better than I like blue crabs, which is a shame because I'm from Maryland. But I had a conversation with my wife's the same way. I had a conversation with people in my family because they were they work with people in Pennsylvania and they were trying to figure out why these guys would quarter their crabs and boil them. And I'm like, that's what people do. Like Maryland's one of the only places that steams them whole like that. Yeah. You know, you know which I don't understand why I never caught on everywhere else because they know that we do it mm-hmm. and i've had boiled crab when we were in hilton head south carolina and the lady working there came to the table and was like are you guys from maryland she could tell like yeah and she's like you're not gonna like these fucking crabs and we i think we got them in a platter and it was like this really isn't as good like I, i'm not saying that as a marylander i'm saying like this it, thing's full of water and like, yeah if you got somebody fucking, that does it right like not just riding this guy's dick, but like a steel cracker guy or somebody that knows what they're doing. Literally getting ready to say his name. They're good. But if someone just boils them like that, they just taste like back brackish salt water. Yeah, well, he he just put out a video because he just got a steamer. So he's he's steaming crawfish and-, and Got rid of his wig. And Louisiana blue crabs. And He got like, big enough he could get rid of his fucking bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> well, he also got fired from his real job. Yeah. I wonder why, boy. Well, honestly, though, like I've I've always wondered that. I I'm like, why? I know that Old Bay is in other areas, mm-hmm. but why did the steaming? Because like you get boiled shrimp, and it's like these are good, but they're normally overcooked. Yeah. If you if you get somebody who steams shrimp, they're away from the water, and those things cook quick. So if you get them steamed and they're steamed right, mm-hmm. they are fucking phenomenal. Do you like Jr.'s seasoning at all, or do you Jo? Just- J.O., yeah, sorry. J- yeah, J.O. Spice number two. I like J.O. more than I like Old Bay. Yeah, it's, uh, that's becoming a common thing. Do you like uh, the... Um, J.O.'s getting big now. Yeah, oh, yeah. Do you like the two-step stuff from him? It's okay. I don't hate the it. The Cajun two-step? Yeah. I do enjoy the Cajun two-step. My brother had it, but here's the thing. It's a seasoning sold on the back of the name, the brand that he's built. Mm-hmm. And I even see people on Facebook making food, and they'll be like, and of course, I got to add some seasoning they'll, they'll be from like massachusetts and of course yeah. i gotta ask some add some cajun two-step and i'm like it's as good as probably any of the other ones it li- I you like give me it. some lowry seasoning i can make right. anything I like, like the fuck i like it it's just this mccormick whatever mm-hmm. just basic seasoning to me and i'm I, not knock i like that dude a lot he sent me a happy birthday message yes yeah, so yeah. i was there because we're basically best friends on your 40th birthday we're basically best friends chris what's up dude yeah we're basically best buddies that's cool we got to hang out with them. But yeah, we can get into fishing. Let's talk a little bit about fishing. Fishing's fun, man. So I know you have a list down, but um, mm-hmm. how do you want to play it? You want to go, we can kind of start out with some, you want to do some tips? You just want to like so say I re- one thing and then we'll all talk about that one. Yeah, we can do that. I, I mean, I, I kind of was listening to your turkey and your mushroom hunting one on the way to work and I was just mind wandering at 5.15 in the morning and I was like, man, it'd be cool to do some fishing stuff and I just got some ideas together. And plus we did it. Almost a year ago, exactly. And it's one of your lost episodes now. We did one with Mason, remember, that didn't record. That was probably one of the funniest ones that I've ever done with you. 
And it was just like natural. We were just having a good time. And then you had some snafu with it. Now your other ones are just gone too. Yeah. The lost raw recordings of Mike Beach in a mountain of marsh. That's because the people were, dude, I went, never mind. I went through so many loopholes to try to get that shit. And those people were like, sorry, uh, you got to do this. And I said, I did it. And it was, sorry. Like they don't yeah. give a fuck. Before we get into that, I've been on a, to catch a predator, uh, Oh my god! Thing on on uh, like Facebook. Is, and it, stuff is like that, that like a trapping show for like coyotes? And shit? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, it's funny because I guess my algorithm was all weird because I watched a couple of them. And now that all showed up, and now one of the original UFC fighters was named Don Fry, mm -hmm. and his name. No, was, he got big. If that's why you're seeing him, he got big because I'm seeing him now, and well, I didn't. But look his him up his right. name is the Predator. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and you're. That's I'm like. Funny. I don't, yeah. Did something happen? <laughs> That's a bad motherfucker, though. Dude, he's good at calling out people, like telling them basically they were pussies and stuff. Cause I, see, we didn't paint our fingernails. We, we drank paint beer. our goddamn toenails. You'd fight every 20 minutes, and what you'd win was a trip to the hospital or the after party. Sometimes both. I remember those first UFC ones, though. They were fucking off the wall. Yeah. When that dude bit his tongue off. Yeah. I remember mom and dad wouldn't let us watch them. Scott had them on, on VHS. Yeah. My, my parents wouldn't let us watch them, and we would sneak watch them anyway. They were fucking off the hook. Yeah. No weight classes. No, fuck no. It was just, you're going to fight this guy, Yeah, and, and but, when you move on. It'd be like Butterbean versus an Asian guy yeah. who weighs 140 pounds. Or there's some dude with no shoes and like a karate gi on versus some dude with like kickboxing boots that's going to knock this dude's head off. Yeah. And nine times out of ten, the karate gi would kick his ass. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we'll get into some fishing stuff. I, I wrote down some cool, just basic tips and... Uh, I got some of my cool lures I like to talk about and stuff. I haven't been fishing as much as I'd like to, but that was like when we started a 3B, I was like the fishing guy. That was like my jam. Uh, the other guy was into turkey hunting and Lee was into like more of the duck hunting and, and the deer hunting. Uh, I was like the fishing guy and that was my thing. So I guess we'll jump in. You want to jump into it? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Let's start out with whatever you got first and we'll kind of we'll talk about it. The first thing, and I've talked about this a bunch with even duck hunting and stuff like that. The first basic tip that I have, and I sent you a text the other day, is that you don't have to spend a shit whack of money. No. You can go to Walmart. Fishing especially. You can get a Zebco rod and reel. You can get some Rebel lures, which are my favorite, by the way. You can get some Walmart lures. I just bought some Amazon topwater like floating rubber spiders for like four bucks that I saw some guy on YouTube using. And just, you don't have to spend the money. Some dude hit me up the other day on my Instagram. I'm not going to say his name because I don't remember. And he ended up being a douchebag. But he's like, hey, man, you into fishing on the 3B page? And I was like, yeah. He goes, hey, uh, I'm li I live down here in Tennessee. And I'm, uh, what, what are some good tips? Give me some good rod and reel stuff I want to go catch some crappy with. Crappy, whatever they call them down there. And I'm like, dude, just go to Walmart and spend 20 bucks. They actually have crappy yeah, fishing stuff. And then the Fin Commander guys that are all hooked up with Duck Commander and Buck Commander and Struck Commander, they have... Their own like crappy fishing rods. Is that Walmart? Some of them. Okay. I know you can get them on Walmart.com. I don't know if like that the little Walmarts have them. But that guy John Goodwin from Duck Commander, he's real big into that. I was like, you just go to Walmart and spend twenty bucks, get a rod and reel. And he's like, Nah, fuck that. I want to. I want. I need to spend the money. Thanks. Thanks for nothing. And I'm like, You know what they call it? What? Crappy fishing because you spend all day to catch three pounds of meat. Yeah, it's like a panfish. Thanks. I mean, 
that thanks for nothing oh, you, can, you wasted my typing time but they're they're pro, they have prof, they're professional crappie crappy fishermen yeah which are just professional bluegill fishermen the same fucking fish yeah yeah so you don't have to spend the money it's just like we talked about it with duck hunting there's so much stuff fishing is probably a little different but i mean people back in the day fish with like a cane rod and string right i mean you can catch catfish with soda bottles Oh yeah, you know. I mean, you don't have to spend the money, and it's there to do it if you want. I mean, and I, lye soap. Yeah, what's that deal? It's a big catfish. It's just an old school like catfish really? bait. Yeah, huh? And like burn your hand like Fight Club. You got When I was when I was growing up, it was lye soap, uh, chicken livers. Yeah. And uh, if you were froggy, you'd stop at Walmart, get a frozen pack of shrimp, heat them up over the lantern at nighttime in the middle of January, and throw that bad boy out. I have seen people do shrimp lately. I've caught catfish with Play-Doh. You ever done that? Because it's, so, it's so much no. salt in it. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. And you can put it in a, um, a tip I learned a long time. This is not one of my tips, but for catching catfish, people that use chicken livers or whatever, doesn't always stay on the hook, is go to Walmart, go wherever, go to your mom's house, go to your wife, whatever, and get her old pantyhose, pantyhose or leggings yeah. and make a little net ball. I did that with Play-Doh. I just took a ball of red. It didn't matter what color. I just got red. What's that? 50 cents, 25 mm -hmm. cents, a little thing at Walmart. And I, I've caught some, some just not monsters, but you're going to catch a catfish with it. Well, no, but you could catch monsters. It's not, it's not yeah. like you're not going to. The monster catfish wants to eat just as fucking bad, if yeah. not worse than, than the small. Just yeah. make a little ball, a little bit smaller than a ping pong ball or golf ball and put it in a thing, throw it out. That's my jam right now, catfishing. I uh, So I didn't write catfish and stuff, but one of my favorite things to do for catfish is, again, take the pantyhose, and I'll take beef liver, mm -hmm. and I'll take dried dog food, yeah, and I'll put all that in the, the pantyhose thing, and I'll throw that out and let that soak. And I caught, even at Long Arm, the public place out here, I caught, what, two, I sent you pictures, mm -hmm. didn't I? Two foot and a half, yeah, just decent 20 inch, just little catfish out there that fought like a- They're the best like, eaters anyway. Fought oh, like yeah, the devil, the smaller yeah. ones, five pounds and below. The best ones. You don't. You don't want an eight pound bullhead. Yeah. No. You'll keep him, but it, it, it's, it's not going to be your best eater. We were in the newspaper when we were kids for yeah. catching what ten, yeah. twelve pounds. Yeah, we caught a ten pound catfish out of a little farm pond. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but that would that was more because of the story. I yeah. mean, that was like a it was like a giant group effort. We were using just this little bass fishing rod, ten pound tests, and yeah. So our grandfather's first farm, the family farm that we had, he had like an irrigation pond. It wasn't big. Was it maybe seventy five hundred yards long? Yeah, and he he also employed, I mean, how many Latinos? He had those guys, but back then it was a common thing. Before they knew about like, uh, what's the alfalfa you can put in there that kills algae? Timothy. Yeah, you can put that in there. But back then they would say if you put catfish in your pond, it would for your irrigation, it would keep everything clean. Their filter feeders kind of too, right? That's what the theory yeah. was. So we went down there just bass fishing with our dad, and we caught this ten pound. Catfish. I I hooked it from a bank, and I'm what seven, mm -hmm. maybe seven years old, little scrawny shit. And you know, I'm reeling, reeling, reeling. I get this thing almost to shore, and my rod snapped, and my like my actual rod snapped in half, and my line broke. And luckily, his head was just barely on the bank, and Chris reached down and did you grab the line or did you grab the fish? I had I don't like remember. It was laying there kind of flopping around, and Dad had I've like I've done those, that move a couple of times. <laughs> Dad had like those old, you guys that work outside know more what they're called, like the engineering type gloves, like those thick, they're kind of the gray, and they have like the cuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I grabbed one of them, and I'd like kind of what, like noodled it, like grabbed it by the mouth and pulled this thing up. You know, we had, there's pictures of us, I'll, when we this comes out, I'll put it on, but we're in like, 
our dad made us have flat tops till we were like 13. So there's us with flat tops and jorts, yeah. you know. Oorah, catfishing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Catching catfish and stuff. But, you know, getting back to that, you don't have to spend the money. You can go. Yeah, your, your rod will break if you buy the cheap stuff. Josh just told us. Yeah. No. That was probably also from the 70s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We never had like our actual own rods for a long time. No, yeah, nowadays, just stuff when Ugly Stick got big at Walmart, it was perfect because when I was a kid, we would we have between me, my dad, my grandfather, and my brother, there's just us probably have my grandfather alone has 20 white Shakespeare ugly the ugly stick that was or the tiger spin, mm-hmm. which I think Ugly Stick is a Shakespeare company, correct? I, th- oh, I, think, I think that's think all so. the, the same. And that rod, we all catfished with. They were like six foot six rods. And we all catfished with them. The same reels that came on them. And to this day, if we go catfishing, it's a 25-year reel on a 25-year rod. Oh, yeah. I put new line on it. I throw a chicken liver out on a circle hook, and I catch a fucking fish. Like, oh, it's, hell yeah. The only rod I've ever actually re-reeled was one of our uncles passed away. When Uncle Rick died, eight, five, six, seven years ago. Uh, yeah. And he was big into fishing. And we were actually, I don't say this in a negative way, wasn't not close with us. We weren't real close with him, but my aunt was like, he's got a bunch of fishing rods you like fishing. And he had this Shimano fishing rod. And when I say it was like a 90s model, it looked like the stereos that everybody had, like those components, like that black kind of matte plastic color. Like right. it, it reminds me of like Knight Rider or like an old Porsche. Yeah. Like the yellows and reds on it and black. And it has the reel on it. And it was one of the first reels I ever saw that had almost like a lot of salt water where you could flip a thing and it would let the fish take it out too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the reverse. So it would let it all, it, instead of flipping the bail, you're just letting it run. Yeah, you could yeah. do that. So that's the only rod I've ever actually respun. Because again, you can go to Walmart and I have nice rods. I have an Abu Garcia rod and I have a couple of really nice Berkeley rods and I have some nice reels. But you can go to Walmart and get a new Zebco rod for, or Ollie's, Ollie's where we live. For eight bucks, get a slingshot that you can catch bass with all year long. And if it breaks after a year, who cares? You know, I probably have how many fishing rods I got, Josh? 30, 40? Probably 30. You know, and I'm like a sucker for them. I can't not get one if I see one. That's how I'm starting to be now, though, too. Is like, I tell you, my basement is just fucking whacked with fishing rods. I tell you what's cool, man, that you can get at Walmart or Ollie's is Zebco came out with this thing, and Shakespeare has one too. I forget what that one's called, but Zebco came out with this thing called a Doc Demon. Have you seen that? And it's like what you've seen, Josh. It's yeah. like a three foot rod, yeah, that you can just put in your backpack if you want. It doesn't collapse, but there's dudes that are catching like 12, 14 pound carp, catfish on, and you can't break the thing. You, I mean, I'm sure that somebody can break it, but like, you can get one of them little co- koozie reels, yeah. You know, what I'm talking about it's like a beer can, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I love the uh, like I said, there's there's Shakespeare Tiger Spins. It's, and you guys know, because we've talked about it, I grew up in a family that didn't have a lot of money, and so we we always went cheap anyway. The only thing that ever changed was we always, even saltwater, because my family's going to Shingatig for a long time, even in saltwater, we still would use the same shit. If you do not completely douse that in water every single time, yeah. and even, even then, the interior bearings and the gears will fucking yeah, rust and you won't be able to move it so that's the only thing is like now dad has um pen mm-hmm. he has like legit nice rods stuff, and yeah. reels for like flounder fishing and rock fishing and things like that because now that he spends a lot of time down there on his boat he just you know he got tired of having to deal with broken shit all the time i'm also terrible 
and Josh, maybe you can attest to, at least for me, is if it's hunting season or fishing season, my shit's just staying in the truck. I'm the oh, same yeah, 100%. So, even in the back, there might be rods in the back there that have been there for two or three weeks. And I'm like, I'm going fishing and I'll go get it. And I might take a couple little 10, 20 yards off and bird nest it. There's, I didn't write this tip down, but I always do that when I buy a new reel. I take 10 or 15 yards of the string off, string, the, the line off. Uh, just a superstition, I guess, to, so it doesn't bird nest, but I always do that. I don't know if you got to do that or not. But even now, you can go to Walmart and get, I'm not a Walmart. I'm not trying to. Are you sponsored Walmart. by Walmart? Do they? Well, if line, you say it 40 times, they have to give you money. Line is, te- like, if you buy tested line from Walmart, say you buy Shakespeare brand tested line, that line to be sold as 30-pound mono is fucking tested just the same as the 30-pound mono you paid triple for, for spider from Spiderwire. Yeah. yeah. It's it's the same. It's this, It's not the same thing, but it is the same weight ratio. So if you're trying to catch... Pond bass, if you're trying to catch catfish, carp, whatever, yeah. that same shit works for damn near everything. If you're somebody who's so deep in the game that you have a $60,000 bass boat, mm-hmm. it's understandable that you have found little tiny things that are better, you know, about another line or another type of hook that doesn't bend or... Mm-hmm, right. but it, We've used the cheapest, those packs of hooks that have catfish on them from Shakespeare at Walmart, 30 hooks in a pack, 20 hooks. We've caught 10 and below pound catfish from the Potomac River since I was knee high to a grasshopper until now. Like we use the same fucking shit. Which is not much taller than knee high to a grasshopper now. Those and. Yeah, that was a, I shouldn't have. (laughs) That was probably not the right Those and those eagle hooks that come in the red and white pack with the same guy. Yeah, the little eagle claws. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. I I think it might even be eagle claws that makes those packs. You can go get them for. That's something I do in the spring. And I've said this before on the show. I'm not sure if this one's still up or not, but I'll take my kids out in the spring and we'll go spend 20, 25 bucks. Everybody picks out a couple things and they always pick out something I know is never going to catch a fish around here. And it's, just, it's a one foot long rat. And you're like, yeah. all right, I'll yeah. buy it. Yeah. <laughs> if that's what I, you want. I, I do have that for me though. Yeah, I, know. I have the walking bat. You guys ever seen that? Mm-hmm. I have that. And then I have a couple of, I have a cicada that's pretty cool. And I have a giant June bug beetle topwater thing. We're not just by. I don't know. Ain't none of it going to beat your crick hopper. Nothing beats that. That's the that's, best thing you can buy. That's my absolute favorite. I mean, especially if you're bass fishing. That rebel crick hopper. You want to catch a million smallmouth bass on Monoxy? Crayfish. Rebel, rebel crayfish. crayfish. Oh, yeah, dude. Yep. All day that's, long. That's my number two. If you can catch some crayfish and put it on an ugly ass hook, that's even better. Yeah. But yeah, that rebel crayfish, I've caught plenty, plenty of smallmouth. What's uh what's next on there? Um same thing we're just talking about. Like I have uh, you know, your favorite couple lures. You don't have to take your whole tackle box. I mean, that's cool when you get into it, just like duck hunting, just like deer hunting, just like turkey hunting. You get into it and you're like, these are all my stuff. And then you realize I don't need all this. It's the same three things you gravitate to. It's the same thing. And you can go. A wacky rig green pumpkin. Right. (laughs) And a fucking rebel crayfish is like, take a couple of those. I mean, you can go and just how we were growing up, we grew up the same way. We didn't have money. So our mom like instilled in us like thrift save money everything and we have right. there's stuff that because we enjoy it that we spend money on you know that we'll spend a little bit of a dough on but like you can go to the dollar store and get a little plastic craft organizer for a dollar or a dollar 25 it fits in your pocket it fits in your cargo pocket and you can put 
five to ten of your favorite lures in it yep. and just go. You can get a pair of uh, the hemostat pliers, throw them in your back pocket, or get a little backpack, and you can go. And I always get pumped up just like everybody else. I'm, when I'm getting my stuff ready, I'm throwing 10,000 things I'm never going to use in there. But there's four or five things I always use. I always use the Crick Hopper, Rebel Crick Hopper. And I have a, the black one I really like. It's a little bigger than the other one. Hey, ooh. <laughs> um, I like that. I like. Um, Are the fish more attracted? Is the other one this yellow? Is, this is curious. Yes, the other one's yellow. Oh, yeah, uh, Asian. Gotcha. <laughs> it also goes sideways. Um, is it a vachette? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like the Rebel Bluegill. Um, they have the little rattle bluegill, yep. and that comes in a bunch of different colors. I just like the blue color. And again, you might not catch. So what what I'm talking about most of this stuff is just freshwater, pond, bass fishing, local stuff, maybe smallmouth, catfish, bluegill, crappy, uh, panfish, stuff like that. Um, I love catching largemouth bass. That's my bass. That's my favorite thing. Um, that bluegill, you're going to catch that. You might not catch monsters, but you're going to catch mm-hmm. you're going to catch something like that. Especially if you can catch them. Depending on where you're at this time of year, when they're starting to spawn their nest, and you take that little bluegill and kind of drag it near their their little nest, you're gonna you're gonna catch one or two. Uh, that's really nice. Uh, the daredevil spoon, the red and white. That that's an OG right there. That's mm-hmm. an OG. And what I do with that, and people are like, "What the fuck?" I'll take that and I'll put it on like a swivel clip, and I'll just fucking chuck that thing. Yeah, give it give it all it's got. And I give it all it's got, and I, same thing coming back in. I'll reel it back in, and it's on the swivel, so it's spinning, and that thing's cutting through the wire like this, and eventually something's gonna smash it. Uh, People can't see the way you moved your hand. It's like a little wiggly. Um, it was kind of flamboyant. Yeah, I was cutting through the water. <laughs> uh, what was that? Three? I said three there. My f- top five. Um, Rebel has a cool topwater frog. Yeah. It has these spinning legs that hang on. When you crank it, the legs spin like a propeller, but when you stop it, they hang down. And it's a hard-bodied lure, but it's really cool. And then you can't beat just a little jig and a little beetle spinner spoon. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. When I when I first started, when I was young and I first started actually bass fishing, because all we did was we would catfish, and then Dad would be like, here's this rod, here's this, lure, this, this 40-year-old lure that's rusted in my tackle box. Uh-huh. He'd tie it and be like, I'm going to sit over these rods and I'm going to fill these buckets full of catfish. You go over there and just sling a fucking rod to keep me busy. And I would use those, but that was like the one thing that'd be like, this is the shit. You got to use yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. He don't had like don't bum- lose this. He'd be like the bumblebee Fuck, color and yeah. there was like a couple different ones. Yeah. Catfish-y. Well, that's actually one my top, my top favorite more than a crick hopper is the rebel rumble bug. It's a horse fly. There's a bee. There's, a, there's like a little bug you put on. You can just twitch them a little bit. You could almost, if you wanted, fly fish with them. Um, they just sit on the water and just twitch them a little bit. And you'll catch something. You you might be six inches from pulling out of the water and something right there on the edge is going to smash. I've caught bass at Josh's house. Josh yeah. is fortunate enough to have a pond at his house. Even a bluegill hit it sometimes. Um, but just stuff like that. And, and again, Walmart, you can go to Bass Pro and get Rebel stuff. You can go to their, their website and get it. I wish Rebel sold clothes and hats again. Yeah. Because their stuff's just fucking dope. Dude, I'm pretty excited that your kids are coming over tomorrow because Oh yeah, my kids are coming fishing with you tomorrow. Yeah, I'm 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 really excited about that because yeah. I uh, 
especially right now because the bass are biting out there. Good, uh, they're spawning, and I mean all the all the algae starting to take over the top of the pond. So it's uh, I'll have them bring us spiders there. Yeah, it's good try those. Yeah, the going. only thing I the only thing we have to worry about is the geese because there's a, a nesting pair of geese that's got three babies out there. But okay. we'll we'll run them off. Run them off, or I can't do that. Or run them off. Okay. Smack them with a smack them with a fishing rod. Have you ever had goose veal? Oh. Pretty good. Wow. <laughs> it's like you ever had a Cornish game goose? <laughs> I don't know if I have like off the top of my head like a a top five, but I know for sure when I was I I don't do it nearly as much as I did. I used to pond. We used to pond fish a shit load because anything that had to do with drinking beer when I was younger and a piece of shit, I would fucking do it. And so we would fish a bunch and, and lakes too. We'd go to like pretty boy and stuff. And I would use a wacky rig, green pumpkin, a wacky rig. I I think it's called June bug. It's the one that's purple flake. Yeah. Yep. That one. And then rebel crayfish. I do have five rebel crayfish and then a white or chartreuse chatterbait. Something that when you're reeling it in yeah. fast, you can feel it. It's a vibrate in the tip. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Whoa. And, um, but like, depends on how well you work it. If you're fishing a pond and you launch to the other side of a farm pond and you know there's some four pound largemouth in there and you're running that thing back and it takes it because you're, you're really chugging that thing back. And then yeah. as soon as that takes it, it's just, it's a dude. I love oh, that. Man, that feeling fucking, is all you kind of yeah. even feel it in the rod, like, yeah. and grab it. It's like, fuck, it's always, yeah. it's, it's always like deer, duck, or whatever you're hunting. It's when you might be casting, it might be your third or fourth, fifth, 20th cast, and you're kind of half paying attention watching a bird fly. That's when it's going to smash it. Yeah. It's not when you're fucking dead on staring at it. It's when you're half paying attention. And that kind of makes it fucking way cooler, man. Large mouth, I love that. And I'm a small mouth guy, yeah. but large mouth, I love the feeling that you get like where you can almost feel the, as soon as it starts to take it, yeah. you're like, oh shit, like you know it's like happening. That, you're, that it's like in kind the of vacuum mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, you know. Um, that's my thing. You know, I like catfishing and I've done some trout stuff. Trout is like, they're like my, they're like my nemesis. I would, I would rather go to a store and pay triple the price for a fucking box of trout than go trout fishing. That's like my that's like my nemesis, just because of where they're at. There's always something stupid that's going to happen. I've never had. I've caught some, and it's okay. And I was actually going to go. We just got back from Tennessee, and there's a place down there where you there's a stream that goes through. Now, they have it stocked, but you can catch your own, and they'll fry it up and cook it for you there. They're delicious. They're they delicious. are good. The only thing about that place, it was cool. And if it was just like me and you guys or me and maybe just my boys, it would have been cool. But you had this – it was like $25 to do that. Then you had to get a $3 license. Then you had to get – if they, you could just go fish in there and take it home. But if you wanted them to cook it, then it was another like 3 bucks. It would have been like 100 bucks for me just to have like – Your kids there with A you. fish stick. Right. right, type fillet because you don't know what you're yeah. going to catch and you can't put it back. Do you like fish sticks? I love fish sticks, but you I do. <laughs> I said it like that on purpose. You I know. have some friends who are die hard, and I know plenty of people who are die hard for trout season. Yeah, but then when they would tell me when I was growing, I'm a very adventurous person. So when oh, I go well, turkey, yeah. I I'd get up at, beer then. Here I, we go. I get up at three a.m. to drive to the fucking mountain to turkey hunt because I don't want to go to the the private land that I have access to right, right here. Because literally, I like doing that. So when somebody says, yeah, man, this week, 
they're fucking stocking the pond down there in Westminster, and we're all going to go stand nut the fucking butt, yeah. and we're going to get tangled up 150 times, yeah. and I might catch three trout that weigh a total of one and a half pounds. I want nothing to no, fucking do with it. Go fuck yourself. Guys- I'll go catch one catfish and eat two meals, motherfucker. Bingo. Listen, it's cool, and I'm not here to judge but anybody that wants to do it. That ain't for me either. And these guys that'll post these pictures of, look at this, even big ones they'll catch on these big stock things. Again, that's your thing. You want to do it, but it's almost like the stocked game farm. Yeah. Here comes the high fence deer out mm-hmm. and you caught it. That's cool. It, there's some skill. You still have to do it. It's not for me. It's not my thing, man. And again, I guess I am judging you, but. my One of my best friends, Barry, his family is addicted to it. Yeah. There was just a guy that Tawingtown posted. He caught, he caught the, I can't remember how big it was, but it was a big motherfucker. Like. I don't know if it was five pounds, eight pounds, whatever. I just saw the picture. But I, I knew that in the caption it was like, such and such caught the 10-pound yeah. rainbow trout that was in. It was big as shit. And I'm like, that's cool, except for that fish for a year and a half has been eating dog food in a fucking pond. They scooped him up, and they put him in there. You know what I mean? You're going to turn into Spider-Man in 10 seconds. Not anymore. You could have had superpowers right there. He still might. could have. Yeah, it's like you see these dudes that'll post those like fucking, I don't know if it's melanistic with fish or not, but like those orange or those like fucking crazy colored ones. Like, look at this thing I caught. Like, yeah. that's not. You, the that's gold, not, the golden. Yeah, that's not yeah. natural. Yeah. So we saw, I mean, not me. I don't get to go down as much as I would like to. I love it down there. But my dad has a really nice boat and big center console. And they spend a ton of time either on Chesapeake Bay at a crisp field or they go out of Chincoteague Bay and they're going out. They're like going miles off. They're going to wrecks and they're fishing all over. And just when you're out there and because it is harder saltwater fishing than fishing like in a farm pond or in a community pond. Or, so when you go out there and you f- miles and then you like find the spot and you're like, I looked on the I looked on the radar and this all looks like the spot, the bottom, the topography of this bottom looks great. And then you, you're using lures that either you made or you jigged up. And then you're dropping these things to the bottom and you're bouncing. You're dri- you're, we're going to drift this way. And then you catch a fish and you get like a keeper flounder. Oh, yeah. The feeling is unlike. Yeah. It's like when you're hunting and something like you, you yeah. outsmart yeah. the ducks or like whatever. It's that feeling. Whereas I love catfishing. But I can take you right now to like three spots on the Upper Potomac. Yeah, that we can just go catch catfish. Oh, yeah. Like I, I know, and it's not that I love catfish, but it's it's not that. But it's like yeah, but- farm pond bass fishing. Yeah, used to be really, really awesome to me until I had the feeling of right. we outsmarted all these fucking flounder day on this oh, drift, yes. and it was yeah. like the ocean or the bay. Even it's all connected, but like the size and scope of what's out there and is unfathomable. Play yeah. on words there too. Like it's it re- takes strategy more than it's just like, hey, let's mm. let's go to that trout pond and throw out little pink right. beads and catch these. I mean, how trout. cool was it? And we've said this almost every time, but on here, Josh and I went out. That was two years ago, actually. Yeah, and he caught that giant rockfish in the bay. Yeah, I mean, when those things start squeal- squealing the wheat, the so reels, it just runs. Like that's one of my favorite things to yeah. fish for now. And like that was the first time I'd ever gone, and now that was during trophy season, which is coming up now. Um. But I mean, during during just the normal striper season, man, that's uh, you use one of those walk the dog baits. 
mm-hmm. and you're you know you're reeling it in. It's just clicking back and forth, clicking back and forth, and you got to really learn how to work like like how to work it in. And man, when it doesn't happen often, but when they you get so excited, even when they miss it, like it, yeah. you, they they're coming barreling at that thing like a fucking shark, and they'll hit it. And they'll get pissed off about it, and you try to cast right back in that same spot. And when you can, and they finally hook up on it, man, mm-hmm. there ain't nothing like we, it. We've talked about it before again, but like the whole story with it, when it was cool, when you caught that fish, and we're getting off talk from freshwater fish, I know, but like when you caught that, it was cool because there was three of us on the boat. We were with a friend of mine's boat. You know, he was telling you how to reel it in the yeah. certain way because we could tell it was it was a big. You fit. could tell it was a monster. It just it just hit it. I mean, my only reference is like when you watch like Wicked Tuna and stuff yeah, like that. I, I mean, it's sque- it just most fucking- saltwater fish, other than like bottom fishing, yeah. most saltwater fish do that. Yeah, like they, they fucking hammer shit. And yeah. almost to the point where like we didn't, it took us what, probably three or four seconds to realize what was going on. The yeah. real squealing. I had gotten sick that day, uh, you know. And then to the not guy. sick. You got motion I sick got, from I, the My, my stomach water. was upset. I did, wasn't puking because I'm not a puss. Um, but like, it is a readers. <laughs> Are you sure your buddy didn't feed you some or like cough in your face at an event? He might have. He might have. Come here, let's do this. Eat this beaver. It's totally I fine. Just, I just remember almost losing that fish. We finally got it in the boat, and he's like, "Hold this thing up. We'll take a picture." And that motherfucker started kicking in my arms. Well, you know, was this? forty fucking pounds. That yeah. fucking fish is thrashing. I'm like, "Oh shit!" The whole thing about- was cool. He's back on the back of the boat. He's reeling it in. My buddy's telling him how to reel down, up, down, up, go, go, go. He gives me. The, he's like, "Steer the boat." And I'm not, I don't know, I'm not. Well, I mean, I mean I'm not a shoreman. Not, not that hard when you're It's out not there. that hard, except that there was a couple other boats, and he goes, go to that point. And there's three points where he's going. And I'm like, okay. I was at one point, but I'm no longer a seaman. <laughs> <laughs> he, he turned around and looks, and you're just standing right there behind him. You're like, well, that's, Jesus, take the <laughs> wheel. That's the hard part, because I'm trying to watch Josh reel this thing in and sympathetic response i'm turning my head and turning the wheel at the same time and he's like go straight motherfucker like because <laughs> <laughs> we were still day. trolling and he was trying to get the other lines in too yeah and we caught yeah. it right right literally wasn't it right under the bay yeah, bridge we we hooked him as we were passing under the bridge i mean he was right under the structure mm-hmm. you know right where right where they yeah. like to be yeah and we were down in hilton head we i had never seen anything like it before and it we haven't done it ourselves but it became like something that was really cool to me. You have to understand the fish more than myself and my dad do, but this guy tied a balloon off to the line with yeah. a with a live fish. He hooked this fish to the back, and it was flipping around and moving, and he threw it out, and he's letting line go. He's letting line go, and we're kind of, it's like floating away, mm-hmm. and then he stops it, and it's like 100 yards from the boat. He's like, just watch that balloon. We had we had lines on the, on the bottom, and he's like, just watch that balloon. And all of a sudden, that balloon starts moving around. He's like, there's something coming to get that fish. There's something That fish is freaking out. There's something coming to get it. And a king mackerel just, oh, poof, yeah. like, up like up out of the water, like, hammers it. And we're, I'm like, dude, you can topwater fish salt water out here? Oh, yeah. Like, this is, and these fish are fucking huge. It's like, yeah. this Fuck, is awesome. Yeah. yeah, it was a lot of fun, man. Um, I haven't got a chance to do it a bunch since then. I've. Went for some black sea bass and some triggers and togs and stuff like that, but I haven't gone out saltwater fishing much other than that. But freshwater is mostly well, my jam. Gonna do that. Is he going to do that again this year? I think so. He sold his big boat. He has like a skiff now, and he wants wow. to go out because the catfish are taking over the bay. Yeah. And they're eating crabs. They've been cutting these catfish open. They're full of blue crabs. So people are like, go get all of them. Yeah. 
Well, people need to pay attention this year too because they're changing the regulations for for regular rockfish season, striper season. People are talking, talking about people. Um, no, they're changing the size regulations. Like it used to be, anything over nineteen inches, you could keep anything. Doesn't matter as long as it's nineteen inches or bigger, you could keep it. But now it's it's there's a maximum size that you're allowed to keep. Mm-hmm. So if it's like <clears throat> it might be twenty eight inches, twenty nine inches, I think I was reading. If it's anything over that, you have to put it back because their numbers are in decline. For breeding and stuff, I guess. Yeah, for breeding purposes and stuff. They want to keep the mature, the they mature do that. ones in the water. They do that with – he might be able – Mike, you might be able to tell us. Um, what are, don't some places for big catfish, don't they make you put them back if they're over a certain size for breeding? For cat, catfish? Yeah, I don't know about for catfish. Catfish are, are very predominant. I don't think catfish. Um, but there are like red red drum – rockfish that's what we were just saying is the rockfish they just put in maryland just put in new regulations this year uh, fl- um well no not not flounder there's a limit but yes i know that red drum i don't know about black drum i because i think guys keep like down at shingate guys will keep fucking giant black drum so i don't think i've heard a, they weren't good to eat though are they good to eat oh it's my dad's favorite fish okay let me he's eating a lot of fish let me okay. let me ask you this you know my favorite fish is to eat is a white perch you ever caught them down in mm, the I've caught them. We've just never, dude, never kept them. Dude, if you guys can get on a school white perch, fill your fucking cooler up full of them. I mean, they're tiny little fish. You're not going to get much off of them, but they're fucking delicious. I mean, you get just a little filet, just make a bunch of nuggets. Mm-hmm. God, they're good. They're so good. Last year, me and, me and Timmy went striper fishing, and and you know we weren't hooking up on anything that day. I don't know why they weren't moving, but all of a sudden, we just started seeing perch jumping out of the dude, water. Listen like, I like bluegill. Bluegills were good too. Yeah, Do you listen yeah. to striper while you striper fish? No. To hell with the devil. Listen to white stripes. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to Baltimore. And he turned the boat and just fucking go right to Baltimore. That's right, baby. That's where I got thrown out of a boat. <laughs> yeah. Surprised you don't have like a third like arm coming out of your back from that yeah. toxic bullshit water yeah, down, down there. there in the you got any, uh, you got any, any, what's your next one? Uh, next one. Where are we at here? Reading the scribble. I, on my let me ask a question before we go anywhere. You already told us yours. What is your favorite fish to go fishing for? Like, what is your favorite target fish? Sharks. See, I've never done it's that. not a fish, technically, but yeah, sharks. Just like I like to shoot margandras is my favorite duck, but they're not, not a duck. It's a waterfowl. No, but uh, yeah, shark. Um, Buffleheads aren't the smallest duck. In Shingateague, we've caught. Oh, yeah? Like you, you know, you know how I go to the Minoxian, I got that spot, and then we shoot. We always shoot mergansers when the mm-hmm. weather gets cold north. Where my parents' campground is, you put the boat in, and it's called Mosquito Creek, and there's another creek that meets it, and it runs, and there's twenty foot deep, thirty foot deep holes, and then five foot, and then thirty foot deep holes, and then five foot, and what happens is the bait fish run in into those holes and circulate. And so you can catch two to four foot sharks in there, like you're catfishing. And it's just what type super of fun, like like lemon sharks, like sand sharks, yeah. things like that. But like my dad caught a four foot hammerhead um, awesome. when I was a kid in Shingateague, out in Queen Sound. And, but like Mary Lee, the obviously we're not fishing for this, but Mary Lee, the great white that's like the giant 20 one. foot long. Yeah. There were pictures of her the week before we were down there a couple of years ago, 
from people were stopping on the bridge because they saw her silhouette going under the bridge and she was going into Queen Sound and it's tiny in there. So she was going into the bay, but it was, it's, so she just like must've turned around and came right back out. That's a story for after this. That's a story for after this. I was I was just going to ask if she thought she was a native American shark. <laughs> you don't understand this. Yeah. I, I am like blank. And we, yeah, we'll we, knew a girl, we knew a girl a long time ago. That was her name. And she was like one of those like fake, like what was that congressman that said she was Native American? I That's exactly where I incorporated that's, when he was saying that. Mm. She was like all about that. And it was just a name. The whitest chick you'll ever meet. Like Dylan. Dylan said he's Native American. I know he's not. Yeah. She was like all into like. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm she kidding. Was like Dylan. all into like, like the Zapata, like those guys in Mexico, those revolutionaries and stuff like that and wild times. But. Yeah, but we uh, shark. I like sharks, and honest, honest to goodness, like uh, rays and skates. If yeah, you I'd want, to do if you want to fight, a fucking cow nose ray is almost all bone. It tastes like dog shit. You're gonna throw it back, or you're gonna cut the line. But a cow nose ray weighs just because of the bone. A three foot wide cow nose ray will weigh forty pounds, and then you will it will run to the left way the fuck out and then turn around and run all the way to the fucking right and you'll you'll fight them for 30 45 minutes and when you finally get them to the boat then they're like they're a lug so you're just like pulling the yeah. you fought it the whole time you can get one hell of a fight out of a 20 pound test line at, you know out of a literally i mean just designed to cut through the water i mean they're if just... i was better at it it would be flounder because I keep saying saltwater fish, but I do. I really love being down there and like the the atmosphere and the oh, fishing. Yeah. But like flounder are so good, and the limits so are good. so high on yeah. flounder that like dad'll go out on a good day and catch three, four, five, maybe maybe five flounder, and none of them will be keepers because the limit's so high on. They're like it's like seventeen inches nowadays. Wow! So he'll catch a fourteen, a thirteen, a fifteen, wow. and like never actually have a keeper. And so, but like flounder, if I was good at flounder fishing and I knew what I was doing, if you go out to the wrecks, that's where the big old flounder are at. And you can catch some like 23 inches and like some slabs out there. Hmm. And flounder's delicious. What's yours? What are you like? I'm a catfish now. Yeah, man, I love catfishing. Catfishing and and striper fishing got to be my my two favorites. Freshwater, it's smallmouth for me. I, yeah. Just because I I spent years on the Monoxy in probably these shorts, fucking walking up and down in three to three and a half foot of water up to my belly and no up to my chin <laughs> and and like throwing a line out like if there's a down tree we'd hit that down tree for fifteen minutes one of us would absolutely catch a one and a half two pound flat, or a smallmouth and so that's how we we'd spend a lot of time doing that. Fuck you, bug. Fuck you, stink bug. You always attack me all the time. We're in here. <laughs> Next couple things that just for me and my list of stuff to do is like, I, I can't remember if I've said this before. I, I know I talked about it with that one that I did with Mason, um, but like, I don't like to do anything. And we and you have discussed this because you're just very goal oriented. But like, if I can't have a good time, I ain't going to do it. You know, like if it becomes more work and more of a pain in the butt and more, but it depends on what your what your right. definition of like a good time is. No, right. Me. And I, there's different definitions of success. Like I don't need to go out if my kids are having fun and laughing and it's a nice night. I don't need to catch anything. We're having a good time. But 
when it becomes more frustrating and stuff like that, like we, we have mentioned this before, but like we, we have a, I took you to the, to the runoff pond on the back of our property that we looked at mm-hmm. back there. Yeah. And we call that the lake of fire. Cause if anything's stupid, and we've said it before a bunch of, sorry, I keep repeating myself with that, but if anything stupid is going to happen, it's going to happen at this stupid fucking place. You're going to fall in the water. Or you're going to, your line's going to break. You're snag or you're your get, backpack or throw your, throw your best lure. And your yeah, something stupid is going to happen. And it just ended up being that we've caught a couple of nice fish back there, but I'm like, I'm not even going back there. And then another thing that like that I've experienced, and I kind of learned this through taking kids out and my nephews out and my you know Josh's kids, and it's fun just to catch bluegills. Like, don't be like a snob where you're like too good for stuff. I remember my nephew asked me one time, and I had all these lures in my tackle box, and you know I was really getting into it and all these fancy things I bought, and uh, he's like, "Where's the night crawlers at?" And I was like, "Night crawlers? <laughs> Are you kidding me?" Go, go flip a log. Yeah, go look under that <laughs> log, peasant. You know, but then you, you get back to it. And it's fun just to catch bluegills with your kids. It's just a good time. Like, they're just fun. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things to catch. I mean, that's just, yeah. you know. Because you can go out there and smash them all night long. Yeah. And a good, uh, you well, catch you're a nice. About, you're talking about being too good for stuff. Like, I follow a bunch of these guys on 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 the social media pages that, you know, they're cat fishermen because that's what I'm into. And they, they refuse to use chicken livers. Why? Yeah. Why are you going to refuse to use fucking like the, the tried and true? Cause I right. mean, I mean, I know cut your cut baits work and like you can use almost anything as a cut bait, whatever, but why? Yeah, fuck you. Chicken livers cost $2 yeah. at the fucking store. You can go get a pound of fucking chicken livers for $2 and they're going to last you for an hour or two. It's the same with hunting. Like uh, there are a lot of industries built on the back of just overthinking. They know that people are going to overthink. It's why people 50% of fishermen don't go to Walmart and when they need a new rod, they go buy a Shakespeare or an ugly stick. Yeah. They make ugly sticks just for lightweight fishing, for bass, for crappy, for fucking bluegill. Yeah. Like if if you needed to go get a new rod, you could go spend $40 at Walmart, get line that you wanted and get a rod and walk away. But companies know that humans will overthink it yeah. and they'll be like, I need a catfish king rod. I need four of them. And then we're going to troll for blue catfish in 150 feet of water at Fort Washington. And we're going to use four inch chunks of cut bait, but only from chubs that came from. And it's like, if you throw out a frozen shrimp in the upper Potomac (laughs) in a foot and a half of water, you will catch a 10 pound catfish. And if you throw out that frozen fish or frozen shrimp at Fort Washington, you will catch a 30 pound catfish. It just depends on your area. And if you take that frozen shrimp and you go to the bay, you can catch fucking rockfish on it. You can catch fucking flounder on the bottom. Uh Like you can, like people just overthink everything. And so that's why, that's why hunting gear is so expensive. It's why, because people overthink shit. Well, think about like where like Dick's Sporting Goods and stuff is. They're always not that far from Walmart. They're always not that far from wherever else. And that's because you got what you just said, the guys that are wearing all the Sitka gear. But it's a little bit more expensive. Right. Mm-hmm. And that means it's a little bit cooler. Yeah. You know, they don't have, there's no, like Dick's, well, they had Field and Stream. Winchester waterfowl rounds. Yeah. I don't heavy know metal, you know baby. This. I'm better than you. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's it. <laughs> what if Sitka made fishing rods? They would clean up. They wouldn't. That's a genius idea. They would fucking clean up. And if you do that now, you owe us money. Yeah. Because we said it first. 
Yeah, no, I they I mean they would do great. It's Lee people would, overthink Lee everything. One. Lee would have one. <laughs> it's um it's like you guys are saying earlier, like especially with something like if you are somebody who wants to get into fishing and you don't know that much about it, and you want to you're like, look, I have this farm that's local to me and the guy's cool as shit and he's gonna let me fish his pond. He says there's bass in there and there's bluegill and shit. You go get you a cheap, ugly stick from Walmart. You get you, the reel that comes on it will hold you for three, four years before you even got to fucking oil it. You get you can use this line that's on it, mm-hmm. and you get five different lures that attract your eye, because all of them probably work to some extent. And you get a couple rubber worms, and you go out and do it, and you're gonna catch fish, and you're gonna learn just the same as. It's almost better for your learning if you're not spending as much and you are trying to fight through learning how to use those cheap, cheaper lures and learning, then just going out and being like, I need the next KVD fucking rod and reel and his lure sets that are $12 a fucking piece. Like you don't need that, but a lot of people will, but they don't need it. I'll tell you what, and you can get it uh, most places. They actually have like classic lure packs. Yeah. Might be five or six and it'll have like Rebel has their own, but like got the jitterbug. Got a jitterbug. It's got some kind of arbor gas top water. It'll have uh some kind of beetle thing in it. And it might I be, want to get some old arbor gas shit for in here because I like it. They're cool, man. Mm. Actually, when I worked uh at night, I fell in a rabbit hole of getting free writing companies and getting free stickers. There's all kinds yeah, of YouTube yeah. pages about it. And I found out I would go to like fishing or hunting pages and I would look up who sponsored these like hunting shows or fishing shows. I would just write those companies, had a form letter. Hey, I like your product and brand, blah, blah. Is there any way you could send me some stickers for my uh, laptop or truck? Most of the hunting companies, it was probably 50% would send me something. 90% of the fishing companies send me all kinds of shit. Uh, I got a bunch of cool Arbogast stuff. I got this cool giant in a frame in my house it's a cream c-r-e-m-e of uh, giant worm for, it looks like it's from the 40s sticker mm-hmm. and i put it in a frame uh just some really really cool so arborgast sent me stuff zoom sent me all kinds of stuff zebco will send you a giant pack of stuff uh that was just i got some cool um, when i was a kid we use so my dad and my grandfather would have one or two push button Zepcos along with their old tiger spins. Mm-hmm. And when we went out, they knew that I could more easily use the Zepcos. And we were catching the same catfish. Like they were all five to eight pound, like channel cats or flatheads. We didn't even know. And that's what we were catching. And I was catching the same shit. We didn't even know there was like bait casters and open bales and stuff like that who were older. And I remember being like, I didn't either. How old are we, like 10 or 12, and they take us out, and we're like, How, what are you doing? Thing? You know? Bait casters were, it was a huge... Fuck them, by it, the way. They're it, hard to use. They're stupid. It, well, that, you're talking about crow's nest. I mean, they're going to... They're gonna. Yeah, that was a huge learning curve for me at like age 15, because I'd, I'd go to a farm pond with my buddies, and they'd all be like, yeah, they'd have the newest, mm-hmm. and they'd be like, look at what I got, St. Croix, and I'd be like... Uh, this is the same rod with the same line on it for five years that I've been catfishing with, and I would catch bass too. Like it was the hook has fish goods on it from my grandfather from ten years ago. You know, yeah, yeah. It's like, but and I'm not, I'm not shit. Like if you, that's what you like, it's what you like. Yeah, but yep. But it's to me, it was always like a 
why do you need that bait caster when we're fishing a fucking half acre farm? Yeah. Let's talk about the cheap fishing we did when we were little kids. Cheap fishing. Talk no. about like crayfish and minnows. And yeah. Crayfishing and catching the chubs and stuff down there. I'm sorry. So catching chubs, man. Playing I, with chubs. I still love if dude, I, oh, I could find a spot to crayfish and do a, a steam, dude. Dude. Okay. So when we were little, I say little, I mean, we did it for until we were in our teens, but we, uh, where we lived at in Silver Run, there was a stream. What was it? Little Pipe Creek? Big Pipe yeah, Creek? It was big Silver Run. Okay. That ran under our driveway. Well, the way that the water flowed underneath our, our next door neighbor's driveway created like this 15, 20 foot wide pool. Yeah. Three and a half foot deep. Crystal clear water, man. You could Run see. Run that through yeah. that motherfucker. And, mm -hmm. and you could see the crayfish in there. I mean, you'd get... I mean, they look like lobsters. Like eating size. Net yeah, yeah. Even some bigger than that. I mean, you'd get 9, 10, 12-inch fucking crayfish yeah, in there. Yeah. And you just see them with their claws hanging out under a rock. We would literally take a paper clip. And my our mom crochets all the time, so she always has yarn laying around. We would take a paper clip, yarn, and we'd go fucking flip rocks in the woods and find worms. And you just dangle it in front of the rock. They'd grab a hold of it. You'd yeah. whip them up, smack them in a bucket. You got to let them eat it for a minute. Yeah. Don't let them just grab it. Let them kind of eat on it and get it. And they won't let go. Yeah. But I mean, we used to do that with, with creek chubs. I mean, if you bend a paper clip the you right way. Put a way, worm on it, right? Put yeah. a worm on it, drop it out in the water, dangle it in front of those creek chubs. They'll they'll fucking bite that thing and you just whip them out of the water. I mean, we did right Right down from your house, down there at my uncle's. I don't know if I ever told you about He lives down in the corners of the yellow house with all yeah, the yeah. shit in the yard. Yeah. So that creek right there, I grew up and my dad grew up in that fucking creek like our family grew up grew up in that creek and when i was a kid they would all be drinking beer to excess and they would be like here here's some fucking red solar cups they'd give us red solar cups or iced tea glasses or whatever and we would go down in and get there's a couple pools down there and we'd get into two feet three feet of water and there was a spot where they dumped concrete and we would just boom and as soon as the mud came out when you drop that concrete, the crayfish would shoot out, but he couldn't see, and we couldn't see. And as soon as you saw him, red solar cup down. Yeah. All right, walk toward me. One, two. Yeah. Put him in a bucket, and we we would just do that for hours. We would, we would do that okay. the same. Let thing. me tell you something about your. Uh, did you say it's your grandparents that live there? No, it's my dad's uncle. Okay. Curly. There's a nesting pair of mallards there. Yeah. Yeah. Right under the road. I see him every day on my way home. Yeah, he's he's that's where I shot my first turkey right back behind his home. Yeah. But yeah, that's uh we used to catch crayfish because we would do kind of the same thing where we would take a you know little butterfly net your mom got you from you know some junk store and we would lift rocks up and we'd have the net behind it and you lift mm -hmm. a rock up like you're saying everything they would swim backwards and we yeah. would catch how many crayfish did we catch? Oh man, the hundreds. Man, we that's one of my favorite. I say this. Almost every time we talk, but one of my favorite old school traditional tattoos, I have a yeah, crayfish tattoo say, show on me, my leg. Show me leg. Well, there's so down where I we hunt the Merganzers and the Monoxy, that stretch of Monoxy, there are a bunch of big, like they're not stagnant, but they are light, like the current runs around them. There's these pools, these eddies. So many crayfish in there. And we, so we, we'll clean up and then we'll take half a five gallon bucket. Get some corn, get some potatoes, and just do a steam. Or Here's what you do. Down. Here's an easy way to make a crayfish trap. Go to the dollar store, and they, they actually sell little mesh wire uh, trash cans. 
or like maybe eight to 10 inches, get some zip ties, tie them together, and you can take a pair of pliers and make a little crayfish minnow type trap for them, mm-hmm. throw it in the water, and you'll, I did that for my kids a couple of years ago, and you're not going to clean up like they do down in Louisiana, but they'll crawl in that thing after a chicken bone or a piece of bologna. Remember, we used to take bologna oh, yeah. all the time, uh, blowing your hot dogs in there, and you'll clean up for that for two bucks. You got a real cool little crab trap. Oh, yeah. But other fishing and stuff like that, I mean, we've talked about this with duck hunting. And, and again, we talked to the YHEC kids. There's so many resources out there. And I was fortunate enough to meet them, and you've talked to a couple of them. But talk to somebody, talk to these guys that do these pro guys. I mean, there's guys that we know that snakehead fish, just, you know, amazing uh, fountains of knowledge. And they're most of them are really cool. I've never really dealt. I've dealt with one guy that's kind of cocky, but he's very – He's knowledgeable, so mm-hmm. I mean, I kind of give him a little leeway with it. Uh, but all those guys talk to the pros; they'll tell you what's. I watch. There's so many videos. I saw a guy. I've been watching this guy from North Dakota. I don't know what his actual name is, but his YouTube name is like ND Yak Fishing, and he fishes from a kayak. And he just tries different lures. He tried fishing with like those collectible Pokemon, uh, like Pikachu stuff, and he's he put when the smallmouth were spawning, he took a Lego Chewbacca and put a hook on the back of it and just walked it through their nest and was catching stuff. But he also has said, try this, do this, and just caught some really, That'll really tell you just how stupid fish are. Yeah. yeah. Just to, <laughs> Really what you got to do for most of them is annoy them enough mm-hmm. that they're just going to be Either like, they're hungry or you annoy them on yeah. the spawn. That's it. We have no other defense either to swim away or to bite this. But there's just... You know, it's just a really cool... I think a lot of kids nowadays get sucked into... Because even on... so Especially on quick hit, like TikTok reels uh-huh. on Instagram, the quick hit uh-huh. social media, a lot of kids get sucked into this like, oh, this is so hard. Look how much money... Look how much money these guys have into this. Yeah, yeah. But if you go on YouTube and really... You don't look at the first couple. You kind of scroll down. You say largemouth bass fishing, and then you find the guy uh-huh. who's... Like the picture, like the the thumbnail on the picture isn't all professionally done. Yeah. And you click on that one, he's probably going to give you some really good tips. That's how I found this guy. And I got a dick. He just, he talks real dry. He almost, he's kind of like, he's like, hey guys, today we're going to go catch some fish out here. It's a real nice day in Minnesota. And we're going to try fishing with this Chewbacca lure. We're going to just drag him through these little bass spawning nests out here and put my GoPro in the water so you can see it. Like it's ASMR. Yeah, like <laughs> something like that, you know. Oh, he really hit it. He's going to hit. Look how hard he hit. Oh, what's this big yeah. one? I'm going to set the hook now. This guy's a monster. He caught it. Actually, it was really cool because he caught a smallmouth and a giant pike ate the smallmouth while he was reeling it in. <laughs> and it was, he brought them both in. That was fucking cool as shit. But he, they got a little pumped up there. But I found him online because... Same thing we're talking about. He said, you can catch the same. He did have expensive stuff, and he tries different collectible lures. Like, he's got, like, this. It's got a funny name. I don't know what it is. But Dix has a special lure that's a beaver, a little tiny beaver paddle. What it is, like, it's got a funny name. And it spins through the water. The tail spins and slaps. And he he catches a lot of stuff up in the north, like pike and walleye and uh, muskies and stuff like that. But he also, how I found him was he was, like, these $2 Walmart lures work just as good and they hold up just as much, especially mm-hmm. when you're yeah. tossing them. Yeah. And you don't, how many times have we've all done it? How many times have you lost a lure? Yeah. And if it's 10 bucks, that sucks. You know, 
If it's nine nine cents at Walmart, you're like, all right, I'm a tiny one. Yeah, fuck it right. here. And I've caught them with. I gave you a bunch. Walmart has rubber frogs for a dollar yeah. fifty. Yeah. And it's the same thing. It's the same fucking thing. Yeah. You know. That's like, and everything goes through kind of fad cycles, but there's always the base. And right. it, like when I, we were, I remember when we went to Charles um, Hilton Head. We went down there and dad and mom paid for a guided fishing trip. And the guy that did the balloon trick, we went out with him and he was, we were, we caught, dad caught like a seven foot long black tip shark and I caught a five foot. And the guy was, we were like right outside the, it was the mouth of a river that ran into the fucking ocean. And he's like, there's a shrimp boat. And we just, instead of like going out fishing, he was like, we're going to stay right here. You guys cool with that? Yeah. Got behind it. Immediately, seven foot fucking black tip. Dad catches a seven foot black tip. They jump out of the water. It's a. They look like fucking bass jumping out of the water oh, yeah. with the shit oh, in their yeah. mouth. But oh, yeah. so they, he was using one hundred pound mono, and even Dad growing up and me as a kid, and we always thought you had to use steel leader for shark fishing. And this guy's like, and this was in the age when I was using braided line Ooh. because it got big and everybody was like you got to use green braided line on ponds because yeah. you're, you're gonna drag through these weeds drag, the fish can see it man and this guy had a like 80 or 100 pound mono on a 40 it was a liter on 40 pound test and dad caught a seven foot black tip shark on it and the guy was like look we we have to worry about him shearing this line off but he will never see that leader and a lot of fish don't bite when they see a steel leader because it's obviously not natural and they're seeing it. He's like, so we, I just run. I've always run mono. And we were like, huh? Like, and it was just kind of like a bing. Like it was like, stop being stupid and yeah. just fish. Like it was, keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. Yeah. It was just one of those. Like it's great uh, advice hurts my feelings. Every don't time. be an idiot. Oh, whenever I think of yeah, it. DBAI. So it's like the second <laughs> one. Yeah. But I mean, that's there's just guys that are cool. I've hit guys up. I was trying to get Josh on some snakehead advice, and these guys are real big into snakehead. And I asked these guys, "Where do you go?" And I actually was explicit, and I said, "I don't. You don't have to tell me your spot." And dude's like, "I don't. Here's where, here's where I go. This is where I just caught a 25 inch one. This is where you can launch in. This is where you can put your kayak in. If you want to walk, go here." Yeah, because they probably know many spots. So yeah, know, and they, those dudes are all about taking other people out. And learning and having a good time. And it was nothing. And they do all catch and release, you know, so they weren't. Mm, except for snakehead, you're not allowed to release those. You are now. You are hey, now because they're a sport you? fish now. Yeah. And they what? Yeah. Now, a lot of people don't because. You used to have to have to kill them. Yeah. yeah. I remember when I was a kid in like the early 2000s when the snakeheads came and they were like, People lost their people, minds. People were like, There's, they're moving across the land. They can cross the street. There was, you can look it up on the sci-fi channel. There was a horror movie called Snakehead Terror. I'm sure of it. I am. I would and be they, dead sure. They crossed and they were eating people. And there was this thing where they were like flopping across the road. And they don't even have that. They yeah. like, they go like this and they yeah. kind of. Um, but yeah, those guys, actually, they said if, if you eat that and cook it right, you, that'll be your favorite thing. That's what, yeah, so we would... I mean, we were talking about this on the way down here. I was talking to one of our cousins the other day, and he—that's—that's that's what he said. That's his—that's yeah. his favorite fish to eat. What? Boing boing. My buddy Matt, that was with me this morning, goes with working class outdoorsmen, and he goes out. They went out like two times so far this year, and they—they they go out a lot with them, and it's pricey, but like 
their bows are $900 a pop. Yeah. And their their boat is like a ninety to a hundred thousand dollar prodigy they, boat. Are they stinking like carp and stuff, or they do like snakeheads? No, it's they're down in like Blackwater. They're doing there. It's gar and snakeheads, and they said that's what they said. Like snakeheads are delicious, and I I would love to try them. Mm. I'm not drawn to try to go all the way to the Chesapeake Bay right, and try to right. chase them, but I mean, some these, guys are man. Some guys. Well, these really dudes, are. most of these guys I've talked to live. In, in that area, in Essex and Dundalk and Pasadena. stuff. Pasadena. I mean, some of the spots they sent you were like in Baltimore City. Yeah. Like I'm not going. Sorry, dude, I ain't going down there. Like, you know. But they catch some cool stuff and um, just cool dudes. You know, I've given you stickers. They've sent me tons of stickers. One dude, I was just told him his stickers were cool looking, and I said, hey, "You want to trade some stickers?" And he sent me a shit whack of his lures. Hey, try them out. Let me yeah, know. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the guy that sent you the peanut, the peanut frogs. That yeah. you gave me, you gave me one of those red. It's, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a frog, yeah, but it's yeah. it's almost shaped Ta- like a tailored lures. Shout out mega lure, and there's a dude actually old lives line. old line. He lives right around the corner from our farm. Yeah, okay. which is weird because I didn't know that he just had a cool Maryland flag snakehead. I think does he have an Orioles one now with like a chomping? Yeah, of, he's got that. Yeah, because when I posted it up online and tagged him, he's like. Dude, watch tagging me because I don't want the Orioles to come after me for <laughs> trademark issues. And I was like, dude, no. <laughs> he had some cool stickers, and he said, hey, I'm selling these stickers. And I just thought they were cool looking. So I said, hey, man, give me a couple. And I said, send me your address, and I'll send you some of mine. And uh, he did, and he lives on right around the corner from our farm. No oh, shit. Yeah. Can we talk about something a little off the topic of fishing? We can do whatever you want. The baby. Orioles are kicking ass right now. Whooping ass. I can't get on. They're board. winning every series, dude. They're, it's insane. I'm trying to get on board. I'm yeah, trying. but it, it's been a it's been a long time coming in the growth of the team. Yeah, and it finally hit. Like, yeah, it and it hit in a way that it's like they also still have guys in the farm system who are like number. Like Adley Rushman. No, well, he's a, he plays, but like number Funny, who's the dude? Number two, number four. Like they they have the guys coming. Yeah, I was gonna say Austin Hayes just came up. He was like a number. Who's, of, who's the was, guy with the long hair? I love Austin Hayes. Austin Hayes. Yeah, he's playing for Aberdeen now. No, Austin, no, Austin Hayes. Is you, yeah, Austin Hayes is playing. Who's the guy that he posted good. on their Facebook? That's got kind of long hair. That is. That's who I thought was. Adley that's Rushman. the high schooler. Um, that's the guy that drafted this year. That was the guy. Oh, Carpenter. Ta- Carpenter. Carpenter. Carpenter? No. No. Is it Scott Carpenter's kid? No. No, no, it's it's not. It's it was the guy from the Cardinals, his son. Yeah, that's yep. Matt Carpenter. No. I don't know his name. Let's look it up. Okay. Anyway. We have the power of the internet at our fingers. Or did his dad play for the Rockies? No, his dad was a Cardinal. I remember that. Where are we at? I don't know, man. Either way, either way, yeah. When they drafted him, it was like this guy is in the wings. He's still got our three years, maybe two years. Yeah. But when he gets there, the team's already going to be established. Now, do you like them that they're winning, or do you still feel like I kind of wish they suck still because I feel no. like they were on my. No, fuck. I no, can't I'm get on board with win. it right now. Not because I don't want to win, because I don't know anybody. No, see, I've been watching the youth. I didn't. I didn't care about anybody else on the team, but I would watch the youth and be like. All right, this guy is is real deal. Like right. I, I'm ex- Gunnar Henderson. I was like, this guy hits the ball 500 feet every time he hits the ball over the fence. I'm like, yeah. fuck, this guy's great. Santander, Austin Hayes. Well, Santander's a little bit older, but I yeah, he's fucking playing dude, phenomenal Jor- baseball. Jorge Mateo, dude. fucking good. Hell yeah, he is good. He actually he might be my favorite. Um, um, 
When, when I can't think of the other dude's name, but there's Bautista and who's the other closer that they have right now that are just dominating. Who's the guy? Their one closer has a 0.0 ERA. Can you say dominating again? Like the, like you just dominating. How would Pantera say it? I I watch mm. I watch I watch everything on my phone because mm -hmm. we don't we haven't paid for Madison in years because they suck so bad. Yeah, <laughs> so we stopped paying for it. So I watch everything yeah, through my phone. Fuck the Nationals. Well, no, wait, yes, now it's the Nationals, but I mean, like, yeah. I stopped when it was the Orioles because I was like, fuck, dude. I'm just pumped that they're playing good. I mean, they took the series from Tampa Bay the other night, and I was, I, I couldn't be happier. They're just, uh, they are so young that it's like stupid. But I, there's, it, we're gonna, it's gonna hit a wall because there's gonna be a point where Angelos has to, they had to sit down and be like, this guy, Jackson we have Holiday. to pay. That's it. It's yeah. Roy, Roy Holiday's yeah. son. Yeah. And I, it, there's going to get to a point where that's the guy who just died in the, the, the helicopter accident, right? Roy Holiday. Yeah. He, he died in a, in a helicopter. He's a helicopter pilot after his MLB career. And he died last year. He played for the Phillies and the Cardinals. And the and blue, he, did he play for the Blue Jays too? Yes. Was that Doc? They call him Doc Holiday, right? It was like his, he was a closer, uh, wasn't he? Maybe. No, Roy Holiday was a, uh, a starter. Yeah, but he and he very good. Like he, like he, he's like in the girl. Hall of Fame. I think now. He's like a girl. He's also seventeen years old. Wow. Yeah, fuck it. To catch a predator. Oh. I'm trying to be on board with it. I can't. No, it. You will though in the next like two. Like Santander, I loved Santander. Like Santander last year, and I thought they're gonna trade him because he's not young enough. And then they kept him around. And I was like. All right, maybe he's gonna be like yeah. the head of the pack, and they're gonna like he's gonna be the leader, and they're gonna. He had an all star year last year. That's yeah. fucking awesome. Were you guys pumped when Mancini won the World Series? That was cool. Yeah, I was. I was. I was, yeah. I, was I hate Trey. Houston, but I was like, yeah, yeah, I was right. pretty happy was for Trey. Um, I used to be diehard. Like baseball was my thing. You know who I fucking hate? Talking about Orioles that that moved on. I hate Manny Machado. Are we are we done with the fishing stuff? Sure. Yeah. I was just ma just making yeah, sure. Agreed. Right. Fishing's done. I like to fish. All right, it's an hour and 47 minutes. Anybody who was done listening to fishing content can leave. Fuck off. <laughs> Get bent. Now we're talking about the O'Reilly's. Yeah, because they're awesome. No, yeah, I'm I'm well like it's like years ago when they let go of Mark Kakis and it kind of rubbed me cuz I was like yeah. not only was he the face of the team, he was he was so he wasn't great at like Hit, like, he wasn't a home run hitter. He was. He wasn't like, but he was great at being all around good. He yeah, was yes. all around good. Nick Marquez. Now let me tell you something about him. I was real sad that the year he retired, the fucking Braves won the series. Yeah, I know. like literally the year he retired. But what a, I mean, because he was like, we don't get many class acts out, out of Baltimore. But I mean, he was one of them. I mean, he was yeah. a he was a team yep. leader. He it's just a, like Adam Jones. Like oh, now dude. he's in Japan playing, and I'm like, good for him because he's making a lot of money. But also, like, it is also kind of sad to see because like yeah, because he was one that of that dude should have went to the Dodgers and won a World Series or something. Like yeah, he should have yeah. fucking done that. Who's your favorite Oriole of all time? PJ oh. Serhoff. Damn, mine yeah. too. Fuck top, yeah. top of my head. I uh, no problem. Fuck yeah. I almost dude. got seventeen tattooed beside my Orioles magic tattoo when I got it. Oh, That's crazy. Yeah. Cool. Melvin Mora, Melvin love him Mora. a lot. I was of the age where you know, 
Yes. The 96, 97. Javi, Javi Lopez, not very good at hitting. Decent yeah. right fielder. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, I just liked him. Clearly. I remember back in it. I mean, I'm of the age where they had like the 80s, 90s, like Joe Orsillac, Mike Devereaux. And I then, love Mike Devereaux, yeah. I lo- I, Brady Anderson was the shit. Uh, Albert Bell played for him Albert for Bell. a little while, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did Bonilla play for us, right? Bobby, yes, Bobby Bonilla. No, Bobby no. Bonilla was still making Mets money, and he's he ju- still, it, yeah. the contract just ended, oh, just I think, ends? last year or the year before. Last year. Um, Bobby Bonilla played. I loved, I, I loved Roberto Alomar when he was there oh, playing yeah. second base, oh, man. Yeah. Raphael Palmero, steroids and all, baby. I don't give one Fuck shit. Yeah, Viagra and steroids. Let's get it up and hit it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris Davis, Adderall and steroids. Let's get the twitchies and hit it yeah, out. Fucking, I like Chris Davis a lot. I'm sorry. I did before they gave him the contract, and for some reason, he just decided to stop hitting the ball. Yeah. Well, I mean, I liked him. I remember Chris Hoyles. Dude, mm-hmm. Chris Hoyles was awesome. Yep. Chris Hoyles was the shit. Remember when Jim Tomey played the end of his career? Vladimir Fuck Guerrero. Yeah. Yep. Vladimir Guerrero is one of my favorite MLB players ever. Swing away, And Jim. when he came to the Orioles, I was like, dude, how cool is it that one of he – was, he was never in – like, I love Baltimore uh-huh. Orioles – but he was never there, but he was my favorite player because that dude could swat the fuck out of the ball. Oh, yeah. And then when he came to the Orioles to end his career, I was like, that is fucking cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. I liked him a lot. Jim Tomey came and ended his career there, yeah. too. Even and- though they were using those players to just make revenue yeah. to bring in yeah, to fans, bring in you know yeah, what I mean? Which but is all well and good, but they were also there. I mean, Chris, that's why you don't know any of the players now because they actually decided five years ago to start building the team like a fucking real team. Like a real team. Yeah. And they got kids. And the problem is the Angelos brothers do not like paying. Yeah. The Dodgers, the Yankees, the uh fucking Cardinals, those teams like paying because right. they know it brings money to their city, it brings money to their system. They like being good by building teams and then fucking paying for it. And when you look at like the Orioles, I'm very scared that three years from now, half these players like Mat- yeah. Mateo will be gone. Yeah. It's like when Jonathan Scope was there, and I was like, I really I loved him. about that guy. Yeah, dude, I, I was like, I really like this guy. I was watching a game the other day, and he was he was batting, and he was playing for Detroit, and they suck. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, he should still be here on like he a should. decent contract. Yeah. And he would be in the he would be the veteran in the mid. Yeah, it wouldn't be Santana. It would be him in the midst of these young. Yeah, guys. that's where right. I'm at. I, w- I wish they had, hit. and I know he's aged out, but I wish they had someone like Adam Jones still. That was there as like the leader. I know we got Cedric Mullins and he's doing pretty good and he's he's pretty awesome. Let me talk about another Oriole that you may have forgot that wasn't Oriole for a brief time. His name was Sammy Sosa. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, oh, yeah. that was when that was when his chest was as big as his fucking tail. Yeah, that was that when, when he was still started? black. Yeah, dude, you beat me to it. He was starting <laughs> to be like, what's going on with this guy? <laughs> You pulling a Michael Jackson? What's happening here? We went to, and I have a, I gave it to all my dad and my brothers for Father's Day. We went to. Oh, he bleached his skin. That's right. Yeah, he's like like weird. He did things like that. Yeah. Yeah. We went to a game. Man, how long ago was that? Now eight years ago. They beat the they beat the Phillies down. Yeah, I mean, beat the shit out of them. Remember, we also went to a game. (laughs) I think they were playing the Tigers. Right, and we were sitting. Scott got us the tickets. We were right behind the third. We were right behind the away dugout. They're playing the Astros. They're playing the Astros. That's right. And the What's Orioles. The Orioles hit. No, I'm not going to tell the foul ball story because that pissed me off. Um, What's pissed you off? 
when Scott got that foul ball and gave it to the kid. And I was like, motherfucker. Well, I'm I gave it to the kid. I took it from Scott. And he was like, oh, you got a foul ball. And there was a little kid in front of us. I was like, let me see that. Boop, here you go, little kid. And they were both these guys were like, fuck you. Man, I've been waiting 40 years and never caught one. Um, no, that, that was the game when the Orioles set the American League record for home runs in an inning. They hit six home runs in an inning. And they lost the fucking game. First inning, they hit six home runs. Right. I mean, everybody. You know who else was a great Oriole? Ryan Flaherty. I loved Ryan Flaherty. And also, he had a pretty big like fan group that would show up to games and like right. hold signs. Yeah. yeah. He was like a kind of a staple. Yeah. Tell you, that's, he was he was good for the same reason BJ Serhoff was Sir? good. Because you could it's put like, him at, you could put him anywhere. Sir okay. you would hear okay. it. Who, who hit the double? He was a is it uh, Demetri Young's son. How fun. Delman How Young. awesome was that? My so sorry, I had I was getting ready to say I had friends in the stands for that game, and I, literally it was like, ah, like yeah. you couldn't talk to them on the phone. Like yeah. they, it was like they, they were in they, left field when he hit the Tigers it. for was it the AL the Tigers? Yep, and they were in, which is funny because that was Delman Young's team, right. and Dimitri Young hits the oh, ball, yeah, but yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, they were in left field when he when he hit that ball. And like it rolled up that way, and they said people were just there was beer flying. Like people oh, were like, was... and everybody jumped up yeah. and screamed, and there was beer flying all over. Everywhere. I remember I was in Ocean City, went down for a weekend, and I took my mom down, and Dad came down later, and we were down there, and I remember watching it with my mom because she's like, I can't even get away from this. I thought your dad wasn't here, <laughs> and I had it on. <laughs> they you... said you could hear it outside of Baltimore, <laughs> oh, outside sure. of the city, you could hear the roar. I tell you. Remember Nate McClough? Yeah. He was awesome. He kind of went yeah, away. Yeah, a little speed demon. I'll tell you who one of my favorite Orioles of all time. He didn't play long. I just liked the guy. Um, it was His name was Mark Reynolds. He played third base and first base. Yeah. And he struck out mm-hmm. a lot, but when he hit the ball, yeah, that sucker was going. Oh, yeah. He was there uh, right before 20... F- yeah, he was like 2012. Yeah, back in the day. Right before they built the team. Was he right. the guy that went to the Blue Jays? Yes. He went to a bunch that's, of teams. He played that's for the who I was the Blue Jays. He, went, he went to the Blue Jays and then he went to the Reds. Because it's the guy ones. that would like, even when he was in the Blue Jays, he would come up like as the sixth batter. Yeah. And like one out of every 10, he would just fucking crank a he ball. Would, and it would yeah. just, they call him the Sheriff of Swaddingham. Yeah, because he's either, he would either crush it. It was like Babe Ruth. He'd either yeah. crush it or, or strike out. Who was your, and I might, I might, might make some, some enemies here. Who was your least favorite Oriole? Manny Machado. Brian Reynolds. Miguel Tejado. Oh, fuck Brian Reynolds, man. Yeah, but he had that really cool, like, jumping catch, I remember. Yeah, he yeah. And, and there was nothing really against him. He went to the fucking Yankees. Same reason why I hate Mike Messina. He went, he was just okay. My issue with him was he was a good baseball player, and he was a great personality. He was a good commentator. It made me mad because he was, like, the face of the team for a little while. And during that run where we're just talking about he was injured, and these guys are lighting it up, and then he all of a sudden came off the injury reserve, and they put him back in. Yeah, and I feel like it fucked the flow up. I'm like, dude, they're winning without this guy. Mm-hmm. Sorry, buddy. Yeah, right, yeah. make keep, your money on the bench. Keep scoping in the game. Yeah, BJ Surhoff. What BJ Surhoff? I don't like Nick Markakis a lot. Man, dude, I feel like I, a kid right I went now. on to eBay. So I used to. You guys might have. I might have told you, but I went through a kick because I do like sports, and I'm not into it as much as I was, say, five years ago or four years ago. But I went through a kick probably three years ago where I was, I was like, I want to buy some sport. I had a lot of sports cards from when I was a kid, and I was like, I want to buy a couple of sports cards that are like 
nice sports cards that mean something. And then like my kids would be like, who's BJ Suro? So I went on to eBay and I found like a one of 40 holographic 90s BJ Suroff card it is literally not worth a fucking thing. It might be worth like 40 cents right. if you went to a shop. But I paid like $8 for it plus shipping. The reason I did it auction, <laughs> there were other people bidding on it. The reason I did was because I was like, I want a singular badass fucking BJ Surhoff card. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I did. And I, I bought, it was just, it's literally sitting upstairs, like in a box. I have them in case that's in like a slide case and it stays in there. Right. But like, he got, BJ Surhoff was drafted as a catcher, right? Mm-hmm. He was drafted as a catcher. But, but he was a utility player. Yeah, so that's he'd play said, everything. Yeah, right. So I, they, have his, I have his catcher card. He was like literally the, Brewers, the greatest maybe? utility Brewers, player. Yep, I do too. In Orioles history. He's the greatest utility player in Orioles in, history. In my opinion, yes. And that's why I like Flaherty so much. Yeah. And Mateo isn't utility. But the fact that Mateo, like now, he's one of my favorite players on the team now, is the reason I like him so much is because he's not utility in the field, but the dude is like, Little skinny guy. It's like just like Marcakis. I really like Marcakis for this reason. He's a little, he's a smaller guy. He's not known for hitting dingers, but fast. He can cut bait the base path. And also, the guy, if you look at his batting average in clutch situations, he's just clutch as fuck. Yeah. yeah. So he'll get up there with two strike or, or two outs, and he'll be two and two. And there'll be a guy on second base, and he'll just get the single, and it just looks like a single on the stat sheet when he scored that run. Yeah, like and he—that's just his niche, man. Like he's yeah. just. Well, that's why I mean, you don't the big... need the guys that hit the ball over the field. No, you need, to, that's you need why, the guys who keep the ball. Like rolling. The Red Sox won their first World Series in the early two thousands playing that game of inches baseball. Like Dustin Pedroia, Johnny Damon. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Well, that's... okay. Let me let's ask a question now. Okay. Good. This is where we're going to turn heads. Favorite Baltimore Orioles shortstop. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to say a name, and both of you are going to forget that he played for the Orioles. JJ Hardy. He was awesome, but here's my favorite one Mike Bordick. Remember him? Yeah, Mike Bordick. Yeah. Because he played like how many seasons without an error? Yeah. He was, uh, he came right after Cal. Well, he's the reason Cal went to third, right? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, they got I'm, I'm not going to say anything but Cal, and then at third base, I'm not going to say anything but fucking Brooks Robinson. <laughs> like, okay, fair enough. Like, there, like in terms of Melvin, who was Melvin Moore was a great who, third baseman. Yes, he was. But it, and one of my favorite players ever. But in terms of like who was made an impact, like an impact at the. Well, let's not let's not also forget that Machado in the field at third base was a bad mother like, monster. That's true. Monster. But just as a person, he's a no, no, stick. He, he's a piece of shit. Yeah. But like, if he was still on the Orioles and they were, they had the youth now and they were, he, everybody would be like, dude, Machado, he would be, <clears throat> remember, um, Maglio or Donez for the White Sox. Yeah. He was revered on the White Sox because yeah. he was that good, and they kept him there. Yeah. If Machado was still in the Orioles, we'd that, all be like, "That's where I personally." He's cocky, but goddamn, he's that's why I personally it. struggle right now. And I almost feel like when you find a band that you like, and then they become popular or they change, and everyone else likes it. Like I'm like, I feel like, I feel like I can't attach to it now. Right. And right. I, it's just me and how my brain works. They're because they're fucking kicking ass, and I follow them on all the social media stuff and. Well, they have the they have the they had the best record in the AL. They still are at second best yeah. now. The Orioles, 
It's second best. They're behind Tampa Bay still. Yeah. But Tampa's fucking young I'll tell and you, good too. I'll yeah. tell you another good shortstop everybody forgets about. He had a bunch of weird shit here recently, but Miguel Tejada was the shit. See, yeah. I I don't like Miguel Tejada because he was at the end of his career with the Orioles was very much juiced up. Yeah. And and he started playing bad. Mm-hmm. When it, when he was when he was younger and thin, he was a motherfucker at shortstop. I have a bunch of when those. When he got bigger and bulkier, a lot of balls went past him. Like he just I got yeah, a, I have a bunch of like commemorative pins. I'll get one to you if I find one. Him and Brian Reynolds were doing steroids trying to get to the ball. <laughs> of when he won the home run derby in was that 04? At Houston. They were in Houston, Maybe. right? Yeah, I don't. I remember I he won so. it and just was crushing it. But then again, that's what you're saying. And I have no problems with dudes doing steroids, but it was like 43 home runs or something. Like it was, it was so ridiculous, crazy. yeah. But man, I'm, I'm pumped up. Yeah, because Orioles baseball is awesome. Orioles magic. Orioles magic. Here it happen. I hate going to Orioles games though, because it's Baltimore City. Because it's Baltimore City. That's why I don't. And know. it's not for what you think when you say that. It's all the douchey. Bro, Federal Hill College, Federal Hill white guy, loudmouth drunk fucks that are there that Josh tries to kill every time we go there. No, I, I, I get I get in a lot of dude. One time they played this was probably eight years ago or something, but they played the Boston Red Sox and they were a bunch of like we know you're from Maryland by your accent, but you're a Boston fan, you piece of shit. A lot of those guys. Yeah, and it was like I was drunk and I was like fuck, but we we like whooped them and I was like. Fuck Boston, like the whole way out, because I fucking hate Boston. I used to. I, I hate Boston almost as much as I hate New York, and that's saying something. I used to like the Red Sox a lot because my travel team was the Red Sox. I always wore Red Sox hat because my name start with B, and then they were like the cool back in the early two thousands. Guys with long hair and beards, tattoos. <laughs> yeah, when they won their first World right. Series. But then yeah. it's the yeah. same thing. Then everybody jumps on that train, and I'm like, ugh. And then David Ortiz fucking smashed that phone. And that was at Camden North. Yeah. And then they gave it to him as his going away present. And they were like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, man. I hate, there's, who the two, I hate the Yankees, number one. I hate the Oakland Athletics. I don't hate the Athletics. I hate them. I mean, you know they, they just are what they are. Do you know why I hate them? Because they're Brad wear, Pitt. They're not Brad Pitt. Because they wear white cleats and it makes me. <laughs> fuck you guys and I kind of hate the Astros and I really hate the Royals for some reason and I used to love George yeah. Brett okay. and Bo Listen, Jackson I can, I can tell you why you hate the Royals why? you don't know why but I can tell you why I don't know why because the only games that dad could afford to take us to when we were kids <laughs> was, was Orioles versus the Royals yeah. because they were out of our division they didn't have any fans coming to the games so like t- tickets I mean back then I'm, they're cheap by today's standards but I mean three and four dollar tickets was expensive remember, back in the remember in when Camden Yards not that long ago had like two dollar Thursday night tickets yeah. for the upper decks yeah, because they suck so fucking bad. Yeah. yeah. But we would just go see other teams. Like I would see when Sammy Sosa was in the run for the home run thing. Yeah, playing for the Cubs. The Cubs and... came and we went down to see that. We saw the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Mark McGuire. Yeah, we saw that. and We would go see some Yankees games and then we almost had to beat the shit out of like 30 Yankees guys. Well, did I? Yeah, and that I, one, I, I didn't did. start that. You did a little. No, I did, did not start that. I was defending the kid in front of us. This little kid in front of us was getting mad at these Yankees guys for hooping and hollering the whole game because they're kicking our ass. 
So this kid threw his hot dog trash at this fucking Yankees player. And the guy turns around and makes eye contact with me. He's like, you fucking throw that? Not a Yankee, Yankees fan because they bust them down. It's cheaper for them. Obviously, we all know oh, this. I, when you said player, I was like, holy No, not God. a player. Because we're, yeah. we're way up there. Yeah, Yankees fan. Uh, right. They, ride so this the, kid's, they ride the train this down. This kid threw, threw his hot dog trash at a Yankees fan that was hooping and hollering the whole fucking time. And this guy turns around and makes eye contact with me and goes, did you fucking throw that? And I'm just looking at this little 12-year-old and I'm like, no. Well, what the fuck are you going to do if I didn't? Like, I'm sitting right next to our dad, like our preacher father. And like, I thought I, had, we, I, thought I we were going to just fight. got out of my training academy and I'm like, okay, I can take maybe three or four of these dudes, <laughs> but there's like 30 of them. <laughs> <laughs> we got this fine. Baltimore's got our back. Yeah. <laughs> no, we look around. There's no one behind us. Yeah. And I'm Shit. like. Well, we've made a grave mistake here. <laughs> That's funny. I'm sorry for derailing the podcast on baseball. No, I love baseball. It's okay. Baseball. Hey, baseball. Apple pie, moonshine. Okay. Yeah, it's cool now that they're doing good. But. What, what, is, what is your favorite Orioles moment? Moment? Yeah, think about it. Like, what is your, fa- like, what is your favorite moment, whether it's a play that happened on the field or elsewhere? In 1992 is when I was born. Um so meaning that that double by Dimitri Young was absolutely, or D- Delman Young, his dad was Dimitri, by Delman Young was like absolutely the coolest moment yeah, that was that I've really ever cool. like seen because it was so influential. Yeah, and it was like we knew we were the underdogs, but when he when that when he hit that ball, he came in as a pinch hitter, and he hit yeah. that ball, and it was like. Oh my God! Like it was like they actually did it. We're gonna win a World Series, but yeah. it, we, obviously we didn't. But like, right. and we weren't even close, right? Technically, but right. like it was like, what the fuck? Like I that's mean, probably the coolest moment. I remember, I remember watching all the Cal Ripken stuff, which yeah. I, you know, now you look back at that, they could have been all that stuff. so much better. He's, he's a dick. He's yeah, and they could have been a better team had they said, "Listen, bro, do you want this for you, or do you want to make a better team?" And we're going to rotate you in and out. We're they were do like, look, stuff. do you want to be Tom Brady? You don't want to be Aaron Rodgers. And they were, he was like, I'm Aaron Rodgers, motherfucker. Yeah, give me yeah. some ashwagandha and we're going to go get high with the Tigers and stuff like that. Um, it was cool to me to see that comeback, like what you're talking about. And then we would go to games and they were starting to, you know, the early season, there's always a bunch of people there. But then later it piddles off. But I remember we went to a couple games and there's tons of people see you orange. And Chris Davis and J.J. Hardy's dudes are just smashing home runs and crowds are going nuts. That was fun. I remember being real little in the 80s, and there was a catcher named Mickey Tettleton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he held his bat real weird. He'd hold it like almost straight back. And he always had back in the day when men were men, he had like a baseball-sized wad of chew in his mouth. And he broke a bat, and he gave it to this kid that was sitting a couple rows in front of me, just got out of the bat and pointed. And that was just a cool, I didn't really, I mean, it would be cool if I got it. Yeah. But like, it was just cool to be there, see that. I met Mike Mucina. I got his autograph when I was a kid and my mom, mom threw it away. Yeah. It was on the ticket stub I had and it was in my pants pocket and my mom did the wash and oh, just it. Yeah. You know, and I remember talking to him for a minute. That was cool. Um, so, you know, now for me, because like, they they were good in the 90s when 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 I was young I mean 96 97 I was 11 12 years old so I like I was into baseball cuz my dad was into baseball but like I wasn't personally into it so in 2014 when they won the division yeah. and 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 they started making their their big playoff run and I'll never forget Adam Jones running around the stands pieing people 
like pieing mm-hmm. people in the face. Yeah, yeah like know. that. Like for some reason, I don't know why that sticks with me as just like a like remember, an iconic moment in Baltimore history. I remember being a kid, and, and they had their the stadium announcer Rex Barney that would say cool, funny things. I remember seeing the guy. What was the guy's name in the stands? Do you remember that guy that wore the cowboy hat? Wild Bill Heggie. Yeah. That type of stuff. And then I obviously grew up, and you were just born, but I remember them building Camden Yards, and our dad finally took us there, and we're up way in left field, way up there. Just getting sunburned and as they, fuck. Yeah, we did. And that they played the A's, and that was cool because the A's had a good team then, and they had Ricky Henderson. Jason Giambi. Yeah. Well, that might have been a little before yeah, that. might have been before, before that. that. that was th- yeah. we're, we're talking, what, 93? Like Ricky Henderson, maybe, maybe. Maybe Mark McGuire still. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe him still. Um, that was always cool. Um, but just experiencing some of that stuff and then seeing different teams come there. And that was like, when we were kids, baseball was it. Like you Me know, too. no Me one, too. no one taught you how. I didn't to play. even know about like I knew football, right. but I didn't even know about football. Yeah, right. you just played baseball. We played baseball with our dad all the time. Mm-hmm. No one taught you the rule. You just played. It was just something that you did. It was still old school, and uh, I mean, we still played catch. Josh and I till what a year or two ago at our parents' house every Sunday we go for dinner. We'd go outside and play catch, and you know, we still take. I still take my baseball glove to the game sometimes. You know, if I'm sitting out in the stands, you know, I mean, why not? You know. But all right, what time you guys gonna get out of here? Whenever you say it's time to go, it's it's almost 10. I don't know what time you guys are gonna roll. I gotta work tomorrow. I gotta be up at four. All right, well.